And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. True story, this is not an actual song. Whatever this guitar riff is right here, it's not an actual song. We're not allowed to use actual songs anymore because uh, Facebook said no. Facebook said, if you use an actual song, we're going to kick you off Facebook Live, which is bogus because I actually like have musicians that have told me that I can use their songs and they have no problem with it, but Facebook has some weird algorithm. So we have to use these generic beds on this website, and yet I effing love that guitar riff right there. I don't know what it is. It's some random... It's, it's a generic... It's supposed to sound like a Rolling Stones song. Like, that's the... It's supposed to sound like Start Me Up, I think, is the idea. Um, and it's tremendous. And every time I'm listening to the bat around on a Saturday morning, I hear that riff, and I'm like, man, that riff is awesome. And then I remember that riff is nothing. That is not a real thing. It's just some random guitar riff that we found on the internet. With that in mind, good morning! It is the bad around. By the way, did anybody... Uh, I'm looking at three... None of you went to the Rolling Stones show the other night. I don't know why I would even ask that question. Not at all. Um, the Rolling Stones played at the... Um, the hell's the name of the football stadium in D.C. now? FedEx Field. FedEx Field. They played at FedEx Field the other night. And um, I, there is apparently something... I don't know what it's called, but there's apparently something where you can put in and buy tickets at a flat price for any show. Any show at all, you can buy tickets for a flat price. But what you don't know is where your tickets are going to be. Like, you show up, and basically they give you some unused ticket for the show, right? Like, they hold on, and they wait, and they find out. So you could end up literally in the front row, or you could end up in the last row of the stadium, right? So I had a friend who did that for the Rolling Stones show the other night, ended up in the third row. Third row. After paying, I think, $40 to get into this, like, lottery thing where you're guaranteed in. Like, you pay for the, the, you're guaranteed to get into the thing. And they ended up in the third row of the stadium to see the Rolling Stones. It was very, very cool. And I got to figure out more about that deal. What are we doing here? What is this? I came in today. There's six <laughs> people here. It's the damnedest thing. I'm not supposed to be here today. Two I'm days Glenn. after the Independence Day, we're all right. Rough. Right. I'm. Uh, I'm Glenn Clark. This is the bat around. I'm in for Stan and Craig this morning. Ryan is here with me. Also, when I walked in this morning, I knew that uh, Brett was going to be here today. Brett uh, is of off camera. He's the trooper. Um, Brett uh, was producing the show last week, and apparently, Stan said, "Well, let's maybe get a little more training. Let's maybe just slightly more training." <laughs> Like you got through, and that was that was the big step. Is we were nervous about that, but you got through, and then it was just like maybe one more week that like you know you'd feel better about what it is that you're doing. So Brett's here, and then I walked in too, and uh, and Griffin was here as well, and I'm like, what, what the hell happens here on Saturday mornings? Like it's like a get together. It's a millennial party. Were you guys smoking weed or something beforehand? <laughs> like what the hell is going on? This is a really strange scenario for me, and nobody was watching tennis, which was weird. I got a so this is a real like issue tennis so speaking of tennis and Brian Powell already reminded me that I'm not supposed to be talking about tennis on this show it's a baseball <laughs> show and we will there's a guy playing this morning named Tennis Sandgren like that's not a joke that's his name T N T E N N Y S how ironic about to take on uh, out Fabio Fognini who's the 12 seed he beat Francis Tiafo in the first round nobody roots for that guy he's in a, like okay you always want to see american players do well right 
this guy is like Mr. Infowars. Like he is effed. He is a bad dude. He is weird. He's insane. He has a lot of really dangerous thoughts. And so like you want to see an American player do well and win and advance at Wimbledon except this guy like you do not it's very you're like oh yeah it says usa next to his name i hope he loses i hope he gets his ass kicked and he's not doing that he's about to win in straight sets so if you notice me distracted at any point during the show if you're with us on facebook live because i'm watching tennis play tennis that's what's going on this morning uh it is the bat around i'm going to be trying to talk some baseball this morning as joining us a little bit later on will be todd karpovich orioles beat writer for press box also slated to join us this morning um, we will have Matt Slatis, the general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. It's going to get really exciting in Aberdeen here in the coming weeks as our Lord and Savior Adley Rutschman will be joining uh, the Ironbirds, the, uh, of course, Orioles' first-round pick out of Oregon State. Uh, they already have uh, some of the draft picks already there from this year in Aberdeen and already interesting. In fact, I saw that Johnny Reiser from TCU literally hit a home run off of Noah Syndergaard two weeks ago when Noah Syndergaard was uh, making a rehab appearance in Aberdeen. So we'll talk to Matt Slatus about some of those guys as well. Uh, Craig Heist, who normally is a host of the Bat Around, but decided today he had better things to do, I guess. Probably um, seeing Born Duran and Picasso in last night. Probably the ca- That is probably true, by the way. And I don't blame him. That's a heck of a place to hang out. Um, but Heist, he's going to check in a little bit later on this morning. How about Anthony Rendon just saying, nah, I'll pass. Like he gets, uh, it gets named to his first ever All Star game, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm good." And he thinks he's um, too good for us now. I'm good. <laughs> like, oh, I'd rather not. And you're like, "Wow, dude!" Like Trey Manzini's, you know, in tears and had to make an emotional call to his Breaking father. Hearts. Yeah, right. Whereas Anthony Rendon's just like, "Eh, I got other things to do. I'll just, I'll just not," and yeah. that'll be the way that it goes. Life goes on. Um, also, Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun. He wrote a piece this week about who the Orioles could potentially deal at the deadline. Look, a year ago at this time, this was all we were talking about, obviously. Um, this year, that conversation is not nearly as significant. One, because the Orioles don't have the same pieces. But two, also because it's hard to get a feel for what they feel like they have to do versus what they feel like they might not have to do. And we'll talk more about that. You know, like the idea of do you have to try to trade anyone that you can get any value for because that's just the nature of how it works in a rebuild or could you wait and maybe try again at the end of the year with a Trey Mancini or a John Means? The other thing, like, when you deal with guys like that, is this as great or as significant as their trade value is ever going to be? Um, just because the amount of team control the players like that have. It's, it's really fascinating, despite the fact that it's not Manny Machado, despite the fact that we're not talking about, you know, uh, potentially trying to deal Adam Jones or potentially trying to deal Zach Britton, like... These are still fascinating conversations for a team to be having because this is really the next step. This is really the next thing that the Orioles have to do in the course of this rebuild, which is, okay, so you've got Adley Rutschman. You finally signed some guys on July 2nd. Those are all pluses, right? Like, we all like those things. That's all well and good. But this rebuild is still very much in the infancy, and we're no closer to seeing this thing bear fruit at the end And so as much as we like Trey Mancini and as much as John Means has been a revelation for the Baltimore Orioles this season, if there are teams that are interested in paying a real price for one of those two pieces, I I think that still has to be your next step. Holding on to Trey Mancini certainly makes no sense long term. I mean, it's it's utterly illogical to think that a 32-year-old corner infielder slash, you know, only serviceable outfielder 
um, who's got some pop but isn't a 50 home run guy is going to be a piece that you're building around when he's in his early 30s. That's crazy. That's that's insane. That makes no sense. You know, John Means you could make more of an argument for if you genuinely believe that that he's this guy. I think many people believe that he's, you know, swimming a little bit above his head right now and is, you know, succeeded to a point that we could not have expected nor should we expect to continue. And so if that's the case, he's not really going to be a piece that you're going to be building around. And again, you should be trying to deal at the highest value that you possibly could. So there's still interesting conversations to be had. Clearly, the Orioles have to try to deal uh, Andrew Kashner at the deadline because he's a free agent. you got to see if you can't get a bag of balls for him. But, like, are you looking to deal Dylan Bundy right now because, hey, he just had another good start last night, and he's pitched fairly well for the last three months. And there are still probably teams that think they could get what we thought was going to be Dylan Bundy out of him. Look, the Braves still wanted to look at Kevin Gosman a year ago and said, we still think that that guy has another level that he can get to. We think he might be Jake Arrieta, and if we can just get our claws on him, we'll make him that guy. Well, that hasn't been the case for Kevin Gosman, but I'm sure there's a team that feels the same way about Dylan Bundy, particularly since he's pitched pretty well during the course of this year. So those are all interesting names. We'll talk more about that with Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun a little bit later on in the show. Also, uh, before we get out of here, I mentioned July 2nd and the Orioles finally dipping their toes into those waters. The singular authority when it comes to all things international signing is Ben Badler from Baseball America. And uh, he joined us on Glenn Clark Radio a little bit earlier on this week. So we will listen in on that before we get out of here today. So that's what's coming up. We're in the live casino hotel studio of PressBox. Don't forget, lots of great events coming up all summer long at Live Casino Hotel. Dwight Yoakam is going to be there. Nobody in this room has any idea who Dwight Yoakam is. Boy, this is a weird. Totally over my head. This is really, really weird. Uh, Norm McDonald, anybody? Anybody? No? Norm, yeah. All right, thank God. Ryan at least knows. God, this is, oh, boy, this is awful. Brett, you're um, starting to fall off there. Uh, oh, Christ, Brett, shut up. Um, so Norm McDonald will Get be there later on this summer. Um, and they're going to have live boxing in August as well. Go to livecasinohotel.com to get your tickets for all these great events coming up in the live event center at Live Casino Hotel. All right, so my question for you this morning, and I already posed it on my Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. Um, I want to know for you, as we approach All-Star festivities uh, coming up this week, All-Star game, of course, Tuesday night in Cleveland, the Home Run Derby Monday night. Don't forget, we're going to be at Sliders on Monday night with Ross Grimsley, hanging out, watching the Home Run Derby. You can get your first fancy Clancy Pilsner on him. In fact, the first 50 of you that show up. He's going to buy 50 Fancy Clancy Pilsners. I guess, like, Ross didn't make all that much money in his career because he played in the wrong era, but he still... But he made enough to buy 50. Yeah, 50. That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, so the first 50 of you are going to get your first Fancy Clancy Pilsner on Ross, and he's just going to be hanging out, talking baseball. You don't get that opportunity every day to, like, just hang out and talk baseball uh, with someone who, like, succeeded at an extremely high level. A former all-star himself, Ross Grimsley, Orioles legend. We'll be hanging out with him. Uh, he'll be behind the bar on Monday night at Sliders as we watch the Home Run Derby. So the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby, and then uh, as well on Sunday night, the All-Star Futures game, which I had forgotten they had moved into uh, primetime. That's a great thing. It never made any sense in the world that they played the Futures game in the afternoon when like your team was also playing a baseball game, so you had to choose whether or not you wanted to watch your own team's game or the Futures game. They have now made that the Sunday night festivity as part of All-Star Weekend, and that is very, very smart. 
Um, in fact, the fact that they're doing it at 7 o'clock is very good because it means that I can still watch the soccer match at 9 o'clock. So I can watch a couple hours of the uh, Futures game on Saturday night and then, or Sunday night, that is, and then go watch the Gold Cup final. But my question is, how much does your interest in the All-Star game and in All-Star festivities directly correlate with how your favorite team has played in the first half? That's my question for you this morning. Get at me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. How much does your interest in the All-Star game, All-Star week festivities, Monday night, Tuesday night, all of it, directly correlate with how your team, and obviously for our purposes, the Orioles are playing in the first half? And I ask that because... I have this feeling. Look, there's nothing else on TV on Tuesday night, and so if you're home, almost anyone who likes baseball is probably going to end up watching the All-Star game. You know, maybe Tuesday night's the night that you choose to go see Toy Story or something like that, but, like, if you're home, there's no viewing alternative. Like, there's no good TV shows on during the summer. They all take the summer off. There's no other live sports that are happening. It's this or nothing. So you're probably going to watch it. But there's a big difference in like watching with interest and watching for nine innings versus sort of having it on, being distracted, maybe poking over to see what's going on on Netflix on Tuesday night, whatever it is. There's a big difference between saying Tuesday night destination viewing for me, I want to watch, or Tuesday night, yeah, I guess if I've got nothing better to do, I'll take a look at it. The sense that I've gotten, I'll get to a few responses that have already come in. The sense for me... 100%. I am far less interested in all-star festivities when my team is garbage. Not just because it's not that my players aren't there, right? Like, obviously, part of the reason for less interest this year is that there's one Oriole in the all-star game, and we don't even know for sure that he's going to end up pitching, right? Like, we assume that they'll do everything in order to try to get John Means in for at least a hitter because it's his first All-Star game, and you always like to try to do that for someone who's making their debut in an All-Star game. But maybe they say to John Means, hey, you're the designated 10th inning guy, right? Like, if this game goes to extra innings, uh, your team's not going to be doing anything in the second half, so we need you to be the one that has to come in. If this game goes another inning or two, you're going to eat up the final innings of the game, right? Like, I have no idea. So it's not just that there aren't many of my team's players that are in the game. It's also that I just, I'm not feeling baseball as much at this point, right? Like, I'm just not as excited in general for a celebration of baseball because my team stinks. Like, in the past, even if there wasn't an Oriole participating in the Home Run Derby, you could tune in and, you know, probably Adam Jones was going to go over and sit in on the broadcast for a little while and do something silly, like slather rib sauce all over his face in Kansas City the one year, right? You could expect there was going to be conversation and excitement about your team during the course of the festivities. This year, if the Orioles were to come up, the conversation would go like this. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. Like, it's just gross what's going on. Nobody wants to talk about the Orioles, not because people don't think it's a good idea to go through a rebuild at this point. Of course it's a good idea, but who wants to talk about the worst team in all of baseball? It's it's a laughing stock. So you don't, it's not just that they're not going to talk about them, it's that you don't want anybody to talk about them because you don't want to be reminded of how painful this season has been. Again, admitting I'm still on board and I still think they're doing the right thing. You know it was going to be painful. So frankly, that situation just dampens excitement, any excitement that I would otherwise have for all-star game festivities in general. 
I, I'm just not interested the same way. And it's not just because there isn't Manny Machado starting in the game or Adam Jones coming off the bench or whatever it is. It's that in general, I'm not as interested in baseball. I'm not as interested in watching Yankees and Red Sox players be fatayed and celebrated and, oh, God, look at how great it is. Did anybody – was anybody really all that excited to watch the Yankees and Red Sox play in London for two days? I know baseball wanted to shove it down our throats, but the truth is, like, it doesn't excite me to watch that. I don't want it. I looked at it for a second to see what it looked like, right? Like, this is weird. They're playing a baseball game at a soccer stadium. That's, that's kind of crazy. And then I said – Boy, I have no interest in continuing to watch this because I don't like these teams and I would prefer that they, you know, the, the stadium collapse, right? Like, you know, everybody survived, but you get it. Um, I don't want this. I have no interest in this. And it's not because there aren't good stories. It's not because there aren't things that I wouldn't, you know, root for, individuals that wouldn't be there that I think are, it's, it's neat what they've been through to get to that point. A um, little bit of a bummer, Brandon Lau, the Maryland kid's not going to be there after he was named an all-star replacement. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays, as uh, apparently they named him a replacement despite the fact that he was already hurt, which is a really strange bit that I don't really understand at all. Um, but there's there's certainly some stories that you can gravitate towards and say, hey, this is neat. I think what the Twins are doing this season is really incredible and embraceable. And as a fan of a smaller market team, I think you have to really like what's going on with the Minnesota Twins and I think as we get closer to the postseason, you're going to maybe start rooting for them because, my God, somebody's got to beat the Yankees, right? Like, that's what you're going to be looking for. But it still doesn't make me as interested in this week. I just have significantly less interest in this week than I would if the Orioles mattered because I'm not as interested in celebrating baseball with the Orioles being so porous at this point. Um, a couple of, of your thoughts before we get to Todd Karpovich from Dave, absolutely not, would rather have Orioles players on the field. That's a little bit different, Dave. Like, this isn't about having the players on the field for me. This is just about my overall interest in the sport being a little bit lessened because of the Orioles being so bad. It's just the reality of it. Um, you know, again, I, I'll watch the playoffs, of course. Like, I'll watch like those types of things. But I'm just not as generally interested in watching a celebration of the first half of baseball because there's not much for me to celebrate about the first half of baseball. All right, uh, get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll continue to talk about that as the morning goes on. Right now, let's check in with Press Box's Orioles beat writer. He is our friend Todd Karpovich, and he joins us now here on the Bat Around. Todd, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for me this morning. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Every, you had a good holiday? Ate it, some hot dogs. I yeah, hope. you as well. You know what? I um, One year I did a bit on the radio where I had to eat 12 hot dogs in 10 minutes. And oh. it's it's kind of soured me on the old 4th of July hot dog thing. I had some sausage. Yeah. I had some chicken. But I'm not really looking to stuff my face with hot dogs any longer. Yeah, that'll do it to you. I'll traumatize you. No doubt about that. Hey, um, a couple of things to uh, talk about, Todd. I mean, let me start with this. Uh, we were just talking about the All-Star game. Obviously, John Means goes. I know a lot of people were disappointed in uh, Trey Mancini not getting the nod. I, I, I think we all, part of the problem here is we're, what we're separating is we really like Trey Mancini personally, right? Like, sure. that we really – he's done everything in the right way. He's embraced being the face of the, 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 you know, the major league team during a miserable time, trying to be a leader, trying to go out and do the right things in the community. I really like Trey, but when your team is this bad, nobody's going out of their way to like figure out a way to get a second all-star on the team. 
nobody's going to feel all that bad for you. And when Whit Merrifield was the Royals' representative and took an outfield spot, then all of a sudden the American League folks said, well, we need a pitcher, so, hey, Means has been pretty good. Let's just grab him. I just don't think it's the travesty that some people are painting it out to be. No, it's not. It's funny because on Sunday we had all – I think half, half the Orioles writers had started writing their stories about Mancini making the All-Star team you know, Sunday sure. morning. And then we got the word is John Means, not Mancini. So you had to really – you had to pivot there. Um, yeah, it's disappointing for Mancini because he put up some good numbers. Um, he's sort of the face of the franchise. But then you look at John Means, who could be the future of the franchise. And what an honor for a rookie pitcher to go, left-handed pitcher as you go to the All-Star game. So, you know, if, when, when you look at the Orioles' big picture, John Means going to the All-Stars, All-Star game is a pretty good thing, especially when they're in this rebuilding mode. Well, look. this guy. Yeah, they, I mean, I... I think that as far as what these two guys could mean for a long time, if John Means can continue to be this guy for some time, he's either going to have significant value for you to look to deal or, you know, he could be completely stolen money and being a piece that you're looking to build around for the future, which nobody on the face of the planet would have ever expected had we, you know, you know thrown that out or hypothesized that back in April. Yeah, I think of this all-star game. How about no Harper no Machado? Yeah, you know, it's weird. The, the you know, two like, biggest guys yeah. off-season signs either made the All-Star game. Yeah, and there's obviously there's no argument whatsoever for Harper. There actually ended up being a pretty strong argument for Machado. Yeah. I, I sort of get that. Like, It's interesting. I wonder if Machado would have been a guy that would have been named as like a replacement after people started to realize how well he had been hitting of late. But clearly Manny Machado at this point would say to himself, yeah, uh, I'll probably just enjoy my three days off. <laughs> yeah, I feel good with Peach in San Diego, right? right? Thanks, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, right? Like. If I'm not going to be starting, if I wasn't voted in, I, I think I'm good, which obviously is what Anthony Rendon did, despite the fact that it's his first All-Star game, which is crazy. Yeah, and getting back to uh, Trey, the one thing about Trey, he was he was um, clearly disappointed that he didn't make the team. You know, we talk a lot about his character and what he is, you know, what he is as a player and what he means to that clubhouse. You know, he, he wanted to be he, – he's a gamer, man. He wanted to be part of that team. He thought he deserved to be part of that team. And he said, you know, I'm going to give you this motivation, you know, going forward, which is another good sign for the Orioles. So, you know, we're looking for bright spots here. Hey, and they also went two in a row for the first time this season. That's all so. true. All that is true. That's a great point, Todd. You know, um, let's moving on from that, the other big news this week in, in Orioles land was the July 2nd stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, there's obviously no way to know today whether or not any of these signings are going to pan out and become quality major league players. I, this really, to me, isn't about that. I think we, we all know what this was this year was about this franchise making a statement of this is who we're going to be moving forward, and this thing that everyone else has been doing and finding success with, we're no longer going to be behind the eight ball. We're going to get to the level that everybody else is at and realize this is part of the way that you go about building a baseball team. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And it's, you know what? It's also having a huge putting their footprint in the Dominican and showing these Dominican players, hey, you know what? We're going to have a presence here. We're, 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 we're going to have an opportunity with our club. You know, so maybe, you know, next year, maybe two years, they break into this top 30 prospects. You know, where they grab one of them. Maybe they actually grab the top guy. But, yeah, this, this was basically setting the tone and, and really sending a message. This, this franchise is moving in a, in, a, in, a, in a new direction. Because it's a market they completely inexplicably ignored in the past. You know, there's this, there's a mind, there's a so much talent down there that um I think they got think you know like you said you don't know how it's going to pan out but right. you know if they get three or four guys that come out of there that somehow make it to the major league level that's success right and let's not talk it's not by the way the amount of money that you have to spend is not absurd if you can somehow no. get three major league players out of about five million dollars I don't even think they spent all of that. 
Like, that's a major success. That's an incredible yeah. victory. Obviously, there's more money that has to be spent in terms of development, things along those lines. But And there's money that's spent in the scouting process as well. This is just the signing money. But my God, I mean, this is this part of the game is such a major opportunity for teams to spend lesser money with the opportunity to find real talent down the road. And it's almost like, um, you know, international soccer because you're getting these kids age 16 – you pull them in, then you can develop them. You know, like, you know in Europe, the, the best soccer players, they go pro age 14, 15, 16. So these clubs, they develop them into their system. They become players, you know. So it's, you're not getting that over here in the United States. You know, kids are graduating high school when they're 18. You know, they go to college, go to the minors. So you, you have an opportunity to get these kids at you know, a young age, develop them, give them, you know, get them into the right habits. And like I said, it's more than and down there in Dominica, it's more than just, you know, baseball. They got, you know, they're going to get these kids on – nutrition, you know, working out, giving them nice housing, you know right, what I mean? Right. Really make them feel part of the club. It's, it's a whole it's a, it's a whole culture, you know, cultural step for the, for the franchise. No doubt about that. All right, Todd Karpovich, uh, a couple things I want to touch on with you. Uh, the next step for the Orioles in this process is obviously, particularly with the hard trade deadline going into effect for the first time this year, is are the Orioles going to be active again leading up to July 31st? And I think that there's a separation, right? Like, we all know they have to look to deal Andrew Kashner. Like, you have to try to do that, even if you have to take sort of pennies on the dollar for him. There's just zero point in holding on to a pending free agent. But what's it's not the him sen- willing to go, though. He's right, that, right. Yeah, exactly right. What's the sense you have going beyond that? What's the sense that you have about um, whether or not they would be listening if someone calls about a Mancini, a Means, a Dylan Bundy? Is this team going to be listening in and looking to maybe make more moves before July 31st? Michael Wise is going to listen to every offer. And if he gets something that blows him away or something he thinks that's going to vote well for um, you know, two, three years, he's going to do it. He's going to pull the trigger. Um, you know, one guy I think is a, one guy who might get some plays of the law because of his versatility. Sure. Um, and teams, you know, he could play shortstop, he could play second base. He might be valuable for the team. I don't know how much they get back for him, but then again, how much is he going to be part of the future here? Um, Dylan Bunny's interesting, you know, because he's, he's been he's so uneven. He's up and down, you know. But again, he could be a guy, you know, could be valuable for a team making, you know, making a playoff push. But Cashner, you know, a lot of teams are saying he's a guy who's in the bullpen, and I don't know if he wants to do that. But it's in a contract year, you know. It's either extend them or you're going to have to trade them. You know, it's they're. I mean, they're not in a uh, they're not in a great spot because they really don't have that that marquee guy they could really you know get a, a huge haul for. Right. But I think you know a lot. is a shrewd guy, and he can. You guys are signed, and he's going to listen to every offer he gets. Um, I don't know if uh, what the market is for Trey Mancini. You know, like um, you know, it's important that earlier maybe he's more valuable this off season. You know, when they when they're looking, teams are looking to find an outfielder. But we'll see. You know, it's all going to come to head. But again, Mike Elias is going on the record saying he'll listen to offers for any player. I think that's. I think it makes sense. I think obviously at this yeah. point, when you're in the infancy of a rebuild, you have to do this type of thing, and it's tough because you know, again, we all like Trey Mancini. There's this. There's this personal thing where you're like, boy, you really appreciate how well he's carried himself and what he's done for this community and all of that. But I think we all know there's not much logic in trying to build around a guy in his late 20s who's a, you know, a corner infielder slash only serviceable outfielder. That's just not that's not the guy that you're building around uh, for something that could be coming four or five years down the road. 
No, the guy, the guys are building around around the miners. Correct, you know? correct. If yeah. that, if that, I think the guy that you're building yeah. around hasn't even gotten to Aberdeen yet. Is about to be yeah. there in the, the coming. Yeah, exactly. Days. You know, the, the guy, the guy who could number one overall pick, that's going to be the right. And you know, I know you, wrote, I know you wrote about that recently, Todd. Which is like the the excitement that's about to be. I don't think people realize. We're going to talk to Matt Slatis, the GM of the Ironbirds, later on. I, I am convinced that there is going to be like a sold out game or two coming up. Like the first game for sure. But I think it might be a few more weekend games coming up in Aberdeen this season that are going to be legitimately sold out because Orioles fans are so desperate for this thing to cling to, and Aberdeen is so convenient for Orioles fans to get there. Um, I, I genuinely believe there is going to be intense interest and excitement surrounding this the moment that Adley Rutschman shows up. Oh, I agree 100%. There's going to be excitement around it. Once he comes up there from the Gulf Coast, there's going to be excitement surrounding that team the rest of the season. It's going to be fun to watch. This is the guy, man. This is the number one overall pick. You know, and they get the couple kids from Stanford going to be playing up there. They'll get a chance to see all these draft choices, at least the college players, you know, come through there. It's, it's, and that, that's what it's about. We're looking, we're looking ahead. And Aberdeen's, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the ground base for it. You know, and then I mean, next season where Russia starts in Delmarva or Frederick, wherever he goes, right. it's going to be the same deal. You right. know, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Todd, before I let you go, I know uh, Mike Messina was at the game last Sunday, and the Orioles recognized him. He threw out the first pitch. Um, do you have a sense at all for, like, it, is that it? Like, does that give us the answer that we were all kind of talking about when Mike Messina got voted in, the fact that they brought him back and didn't do, like, a statue thing for him and didn't do, um, you know, anything beyond what they did? Does that Does that give us the answer that – the Orioles are choosing not to do those things for Mike Messina, or do we still think that maybe that could come at some point in the future? I think I think I think we got our answer as far as that goes. You know, he goes in. You know, I mean, there's there's guys. You know, you got Frank Robinson played for two teams, but again, you know, Messina, his career, you know, it was you know they never went to the World Series, but from, you know, and he did. You know, he went to two with the Yankees. He had good numbers here. You know, third and wins behind. Um, Palmer McNally, you know, I think he was second strikeouts. He had a great career, but I don't know if it was enough, you know, for him to get the formal statue. Um, you know, I don't know how much, you know, he's not exactly, before this weekend, he's not exactly around the club a whole lot. You know, he doesn't come back. You don't really see him at the stadium or at Camden Yards, like some of the older players. So I think, um, but again, I think it was a nice gesture by the Orioles. I think he was very, he was very, uh, he was very good. His interview was very good. He was very, you know, nice with the media and appreciative of the fans. But yeah, I think we've seen, we're closing the book on Mike Messina. But it's, you know, it's the guy who plays with the Orioles in the Hall of Fame. That's great for the franchise. He is Todd Karpovich, Pressbox Orioles beat writer. At Todd Karpovich on Twitter is how you follow him. And of course, pressboxonline.com. Read all of his stuff right there. Todd, appreciate it, bud. Uh, hope you had a great fourth of enjoy. By the way, enjoy All Star Break as well. Enjoy getting the guys oh, yeah, yeah, off here. Thanks. And uh, let's do this again real soon. All right, bud. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Glenn. Todd Karpovich checking in with us here on the Bat Around. Appreciate him doing that. I hope that's not the case. I really, I really hope that um, you know that there's more thought given to that. I made that very clear. I, I think it would almost be a joke um, if the Orioles didn't honor Mike Messina the way that they honored their other Hall of Famers. You know, I like if, if your argument is I don't think Mike Messina is statue worthy, like I I get it to some extent. And if you're setting a new, I don't know, course in which you say that we will only be doing this for the greatest of the greatest of the great, like I mean maybe hear you out. And certainly that you look out and the guys that are recognized that way, the Earl Weavers, the Cal Ripkins, the Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Eddie Murray, Jim Palmer 
are in, on an elevated level. But they've also sort of been chosen because they're the Orioles Hall of Famers. And if you spend a decade with the team and you're a Hall of Famer, you're an Orioles Hall of Famer. And I'm a Mike Messina guy, so this is I'm not I'm not unbiased here. I'm not impartial. I grew up in that era of Mike Messina's dominance. It meant a lot to me as a baseball fan growing up. The fact that every fifth day I knew I was going to have the chance to watch pure magic on the mound, um, something that sadly I haven't had the chance to see since. Um, I- I'm not impartial. I'm just not impartial. And I'm not a big statue guy, but if you're going to do it for Hall of Famers, Mike Messina's a Hall of Famer, and he's an Orioles Hall of Famer. So I, I think you do it for him. I just this this bit about him not wearing the Orioles cap into the Hall of Fame I think is one of the the most silly arguments that we've made in a very long time. Who the f cares what cap you wear? Greg Maddox didn't wear a team's like logo on his cap in the Hall of Fame. The Braves are not going to honor Greg Maddox. The Cubs are not going to honor Greg Maddox the same way because he chose to recognize the fact that he played for two franchises for a really long time by not putting a cap on. Come on, man. It's just ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. It's silly. Again, if you want to, you know, you want to have a different plan for what you're doing in your your statue area, I guess. But if it has anything to do with Mike Messina not putting an Orioles logo on his cap, it's a joke to me. I mean, to me, that's a that's a horrendous way for you to set this standard. I mean, I, Frank Robinson put an Oriole on his cap, and yet the Cincinnati Reds still have a statue of Frank Robinson outside their stadium. Because Frank Robinson was an unbelievably great player for the Cincinnati Reds for a long time. Was an incredibly significant figure in that franchise's history. And so they decided to honor one of the great players in baseball history by building a statue of him. And I'm not saying that Mike Messina in general is Frank Robinson, but he was damn good. And was damn good for a decade here. And so, I don't know, I feel... feel more strongly about it than a lot of people do. And it's just the hat thing that really bothers me. Like, if you're really caught up about this hat... It's like people bitching about, there's a lot of silly things that we bitch about. We bitch about whether or not somebody, a company makes shoes. Like, my God, like, just get a hold of yourselves. Get a hold of yourselves for a change. Figure out what matters. All right, there's my uh, soapbox for the day. It is the bat around. Uh, Glenn Clark in uh, with Ryan today for Stan and Craig. We still have a lot to do on today's program. Like, for example, coming up in just a bit, Craig Heist is going to join us. Heisty's going to check in. He normally hosts this show. We're going to talk to him about all sorts of stuff with the Orioles and the Nationals. As I mentioned, Matt Slade is from the Ironbirds still to come. A lot to do from the live casino hotel studio of Pressbox. We'll be right back on the Batarounds. This is Ross Grimsley. Join Pressbox and myself at Sliders on Monday, July 8th for the All-Star Home Run Derby from 7 to 9 p.m. I'll be behind the bar as a guest bartender serving drinks and talking baseball. I'm even buying the first 50 people that show up their first Fancy Clancy Pilsner. That's right. The first 50 of you will get your first Fancy Clancy Pilsner on me. That's Monday, July 8th at Sliders Bar and Grill across the street from Camden Yards. The Home Run Derby, Pressbox, Fancy Clancy Pilsner, and me, Ross Grimsley. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Ross for details. Around here, there are two kinds of chicken. Royal Farms World Famous Chicken and everything else. What's the difference? Royal Farms Chicken is always fresh, never frozen. It's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store. Chicken from anywhere else? Who knows? 
Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western fries. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Aloha, Birdland. Summertime vibes are in full effect at Oriole Park. On Saturday, July 13th, be one of the first 30,000 fans ages 15 and over to get the exclusive 2019 Birdland Hawaiian shirt. Presented by Easy Pass Maryland, Oriole Park is the only place to get this once-a-year giveaway, and it's free with your ticket. So grab the family, get your tickets, and get there early. Come live the luau state of mind in your Birdland Hawaiian shirt. Be part of it all. Visit Orioles.com for tickets. This is the old left-hander Ross Grimsley. You know, I've always known a little something about special pitchers, but today I'm pitching to you about a very special restaurant, the Costa's Inn. Located at 4100 North Point Boulevard, the Costa's Inn is known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. But get a load of the nightly specials. Monday night is rib night. Tuesday night, crab cake night. Wednesday night, steak night. Lobster nights on Thursday. Friday, Pete and Nick offer a variety of special dinners. Take it from me, Ross Grimsley. I'm no special. And the Costa's Inn is one hell of a special place. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. As the weather heats up, the menu at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square cools down, introducing the all-new Frosted Key Lime, a fun twist on one of America's favorite pies. The new treat is a hand-spun combination of Chick-fil-A's signature ice dream, Chick-fil-A lemonade, and natural sugar-free lime flavoring made from a blend of key limes, coffer limes, and Persian limes. Frosted Key Lime gets its green color from a mix of nutrient-rich ingredients. Download the Chick-fil-A app today, place your order, and get points towards free stuff at Our Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Plus, if you order using your app, your food will be ready when you get there. Stop by Chick-fil-A in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center at 5198 Campbell Boulevard and tell Steve we sent you. Join the flock as the Chesapeake Bayhawks face off against the Atlanta Blaze for a healthy living night on Saturday, July 6th at 7 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Arrive at 4.30 p.m. to attend our new Lexus tailgate featuring games, a live DJ, and complimentary Bud Light for ticket holders 21 and up. Tickets are available and start at $15. To purchase, visit thebayhawks.com slash tickets or call the Chesapeake Bayhawks ticket office at 866-99-HAWKS. Go Bayhawks! This is former Chirp AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor. Never wrestled for PWG. Never wrestled Uh, in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on my list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to save you. Find Jobbing Out, the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier that the uh, Futures game was tomorrow night in Cleveland and that airs on MLB Network. And again, it's nice because for the first time they're playing it when no other baseball games are being played. I didn't mention that there are two Orioles prospects that are participating in the Futures game tomorrow night. Both pitchers, as former first-round picks, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall are part of the American League team. 
for the All-Star Futures game tomorrow night in Cleveland. Uh, that'll be airing on MLB Network, so an opportunity to see a couple of the Orioles pitching prospects. Grayson Rodriguez is having an absurd season at Delmarva. D.L. Hall's having a weird season at Frederick where like his strikeout numbers are bat-ass, but he's also had some command issues. He's also walked a lot of hitters this year. So a little bit of both, a little bit of uh, good, a little bit of bad for D.L. Hall with the Frederick Keys this season. All right, Glenn Clark in on the batter round this morning. It is brought to you by Mobile One Synthetic Oil. It keeps your engine running like new. Synthetic motor oils, trusted protection, the mobile advantage. So I showed up in the live casino hotel studio this morning. Ryan showed up. Brett showed up. Even Griffin showed up. But this man did not bother to show up this morning in the live casino hotel studio. What the heck you got going on today, Heisty? Uh, we got a game at four o'clock and uh, four o'clock. Like you couldn't have come up here. This is. I think you just didn't want to hang out with your boy. That's what it was. Just well, no, that has nothing to do with it. Actually, it's uh, one of those things where you you get down to the stadium around uh, one o'clock and you uh, have to get ready to do a pregame oh. show and then you have the postgame show. Oh. And- I'm skeptical of your claims. I got. I think we got to bring me me up a little bit, uh, pal. Hey. We got it. Sorry about that. How you uh, doing? I'm good, bud. How about yourself? How are you? Everything good? Hang, hanging in. Yeah. Awesome, man. <laughs> there was uh, there were some guesses that maybe you weren't here today because you had a late night at the Costas Inn last night. You're saying that's. Uh, no, no, no. I haven't been to the Costas Inn all week. Are you kidding me? What the heck kind of week is that? Like, is well, I mean, it's, it's like a, the first week in history that that's the case? Isn't it's it? a bad. It's a bad week when that doesn't happen. I agree with that. Of course, everybody knows the Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. Known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes and their nightly special specials. Easy for me to say. I talk for a living. Which also include crab cake night on Tuesdays, steak night on Wednesdays, lobster night on Thursdays. Check out costasin.com to find out more. And they have delicious Costasin crab cakes shipped anywhere. So Anthony Rendon's just bailing on the All-Star game altogether. He gets invited to his first ever All-Star game. and He's like, nah, I'm good. Well, he's got, he's, he's, he's got a quad issue along with a hamstring issue. And he's been playing through it. He hasn't taken a day off, and uh, that's basically the reason. He wants to just, you know, keep getting treatment out and and not have to worry about going to play in the All-Star game. And I think uh, he's hitting 304, and he's, you know, he's got 20 homers and 60 RBI to this point. Uh, I I think he's putting the team first, so that part of it I, I agree with. But the other part of it is, uh, you know, your first ever All Star game. Right. You know, there's a lot of players that will will go and enjoy the festivities and be a part of that, and not playing the game. But Anthony decided he doesn't want to do that. No, and I so. get that, and that's certainly you're right in your choice. I mean, it's I, look, who knows what's best for everybody? And I think your point that it's you know thinking of the team first is obviously a very good thing to do. It's just kind of surprising, right? It's kind of surprising. You never know what's going to happen, like. I think we all assume Anthony Rendon's going to have 100 opportunities to go to an All-Star game, but you just never know that, that this might not be the Well, you would, you would think so, except for the fact that uh, a lot of people think he should have been an All-Star That's at least two or three no times doubt. before. No doubt. And, uh, and he hasn't gone, so this is his first time. Uh, I feel bad about it because, you know, I think he should take part in the activities and things of that nature, but, you know, if you know Anthony Rendon, it's not a... It's not a situation where he's being an idiot or anything like that. Number one, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, let's just say he doesn't self-promote himself sure, at all. Sure. Uh, he's that kind of personality. 
He doesn't like the media, and I don't mean in terms of being nasty like an Albert Bell would be nasty to the media. He just doesn't like to talk to the media. He doesn't like to draw attention to himself. And, uh, you know, I, and I respect that. I have no, you know, there's never been an athlete, Glenn, that has to talk to me. No doubt, you know? no doubt, of course. I, I understand everything you're saying, but I understand everything so, you're saying. You know, from that standpoint, uh, you know, I, I, have no, I, I have no trouble with what he's doing. You know, I, and he's putting his team first. And he's not going on the IL, so we'll we'll see what happens in the second half. But uh, you can tell in the last couple of in the last week or so, uh, you know, he's he's not busting it down the first baseline if he's grounding out, you know, for a normal out. Uh, he's just not running the bases very well. So uh, maybe this is the best thing. All right. Uh, as somebody who's not paying attention to what they're doing night in and night out, obviously, what 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 has happened? How have they turned things around and gotten right back into the thick of things this year? Well, I think first of all, they're healthy. Trey Turner. You think about the first five six weeks of this season, uh, they were playing with three quarter. They were playing without three quarters of their infield. Uh, Turner was on the IL. Rendon for a little bit was on the IL. Um, Ryan Zimmerman has been on the IL most of the year. Now he is back, uh, but still not running very well. So that's a concern. Uh, we saw that rear its head last night in the game. Uh, but, you know, at the plate, he's feeling a lot, a lot more comfortable and he had three hits last night, but then committed a throwing error in extra innings, uh, which allowed a couple of runs to score. Uh, but you know, let's face it, they're 26 and 11 since May the 24th. And that was after being 12 games under 500 at uh, 19 and 31. So they've got it taken. I mean, they've got it squared away. Granted, they've taken advantage of their schedule when, uh, you know, they've, they've swept the Marlins uh, twice in the last uh, two weeks. Uh, you know, they're playing Kansas city. Now they took two out of three in Detroit. Uh, they're taking care of the schedule and, and the teams that they should beat, they are beating. But I think the main thing is health, number one. You're starting pitching between uh, Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin have been outstanding. Right. I mean, Scherzer's just coming off a month that not a lot of people ever see, uh, and he goes again tonight. Uh, so we'll see if they can bounce back from the loss last night. But I mean, he was six and zero for the month of June with an ERA of exactly one. So yeah, it's one of the greatest not, months we've ever seen in the history of you know, yeah. Not, not not only did he win pitcher of the month, but he was pitcher of the week last week right. too. So you know, Heist, it's funny you bring that up because I, there's genuinely a part of me. And I get like Dave Roberts wants to honor his guy, and there's no doubt that Hyunjin Ryu has been unbelievable this year, particularly when you consider like he doesn't really have a fastball. Um, but I, I think for the sake of baseball, it's probably a bad thing that it's not Max Scherzer that's starting the All-Star game. And I and I, I feel like this is one area where sometimes baseball kind of they, – they, they miss something and they don't realize, like, hey, I get it, it's the manager's choice, and, you know, Hyunjin Ryu is extremely deserving of being the All-Star starter. But as far as trying to get eyeballs to the game, trying to get people to tune in for your major mid-season event on network TV – Max Scherzer just pitched maybe the greatest month in the history of pitching. He is a name brand. He is a household commodity. 
I, I think it's bad for baseball that he's not the starting pitcher for the National League on Tuesday nights. Well, I you know I agree with him. I you know even for his greatest Jacob Degrom was last year in terms of the analytic numbers. I thought it was a shame Max Scherzer didn't win another Cy Young last year. <laughs> so, uh, but but that's a, a discussion for another time. But yeah, I think you're right, and uh, it, it's going to be very interesting now that he's eight and five. And keep in mind, he started the season two and six. Right in the last in the last month and a half, Glenn. He's been pitching so well that he's he's brought his ERA down a full one and a half, you know. So uh, again, when you can do that as a starting pitcher and do it over that short amount of time, that's that's saying something. And I, I I have no problem with Ryu starting the All Star game, but you're right in terms of the way you're thinking about it. I think with uh, with Max and you're talking about a two-time Cy Young Award winner, you're talking about, you know, a guy that's thrown a couple of immaculate innings in his career. Uh, you're also talking about a guy that, you know, for he's definitely the guy that I would want to see. And I and I told him this uh, in, in the winter when we were having a winter fest the thing down at the ballpark. I said, you know, I grew up watching Jim Palmer. I said, I covered Mike Messina who's going to the Hall of Fame this year. Right. I said, and I told him, I said, to me, you're the best right-handed pitcher I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's the case. It's, he's unbelievable, man. He's unbelievable. And he's marketable, right? Like the whole two different eye color thing is marketable. And obviously, like this year, the thing where he – you know, had the, the, the black eye. The black and, eye and, and the know. broken nose, right. yeah, like, absolutely. There's been so much that's been marketable and easily embraceable about Max Scherzer and the Mad Max thing. I, I just, I think for baseball's sake, and I get it, there's an argument to be made about L.A. is a big market and you want them interested and, you know, clearly a Japanese pitcher brings in a whole international market. I just think for the good of, like, the average fan in this country is more aware of Max Scherzer and more interested if they would see him on Tuesday night. Look, I, it's not that big of a deal. It's not the end of the world, and Max Scherzer's clearly deserving of being an all-star, but I just think it should have been that way. Anyway, uh, Craig Heist is with us. He's the host. One yeah, of the and, and your point's well taken, no question. Right. Um, Craig is, of course, one of the hosts of the Bat Around every Saturday morning. I'm in for him this week. All right, Heisty, so I don't know if you saw this. Last night, uh, Manny Machado was getting heckled by a Dodgers fan. And he yeah. came over and he said, I'll bet you my contract, we win a World Series before the Dodgers do. Wow. I did not see that. What do you think the chances are that Manny's going to have a little trouble at some point because somebody's going to be a... That's a stretch. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's going to come Somebody's gonna come to Manny with his hand out. <laughs> right, right? Like, I don't know if that's... I get it, like, obviously... It's not an actual like binding contract. Manny Machado's not going to really have to worry about giving up three hundred million bucks, but like just the idea in general that you would be so bold as to suggest in any world that the Padres are closer to winning a World Series or will sooner win a World Series than the Dodgers would. That is uh, that is something, man. That is quite the proclamation. That, that, let's let's put it this way. That's pretty ballsy if you think about. It. <laughs> yeah. Um. I get the Padres have some nice pieces, right? Like, and there's some things to be excited about for them. For the, I think we all are blown away by how good Fernando Tatis Jr. is. Yeah, I think that guy's a star. Chris Paddock's been really good this season, but like, he's literally the entirety of the pitching that they have in San Diego. Like, whew! I don't know if like maybe Manny knows something that the Padres have said. We're hell bent. We're going to keep spending big money for years because there's no football team here, and we just want to be dominant uh, within this market. But 
wow, man. Like, wow, that is, that is, uh, that's a wild thing for Manny Machado. Well, you know, and the other thing is, uh, of course, we hope everybody's all right out there, but uh, a couple of big earthquakes in the oh last God, two days. right? Yeah, no doubt. Whew. And did you see the, you see the uh, video from Dodger Stadium last night? I was amazed when the camera from center field was just shaking all over the place that everybody was just so calm. Yeah, that you is know. like okay. Again, so I, we all remember the earthquake. What year was that here? That was two thousand twelve. Uh, Eighty-eight. Oh no. Okay. So, well, no, you're thinking of right. The, I'm talking about the one that was here. The year. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and it wasn't a significant one, but we just don't get earthquakes here. So whenever it was two thousand twelve or, or thirteen, somewhere in that range, and I remember being on the air as it happened, and like we just don't know. We were so unused to it here that like literally the entire staff of the old radio station I worked at. Like all walked outside like a zombie apocalypse was occurring. Like right. we all were. Whereas you see these videos of everybody going through this last night in California. Like I saw a video of a, a pool party where like they don't even get out of the pool. They're just right. sort of like, oh yeah, it's an earthquake. Just so used to it. It was a seven point one earthquake. Like that's, it's insane. And they're just sort of like, yeah, we're cool. Like somebody go check on the chandelier, make sure it didn't fall off. Like it's that LA. Like, right. Uh, exactly. Right. Crazy, no, no, no cracks in the walls, but then, then we'll just go on. No doubt, dude. It's wild. All right, um, Heisty, before I let you go, your thoughts as we're getting closer. Obviously, there's a hard trade deadline in baseball for the first time this year, so we're starting to approach these conversations. It's not quite the same as it was around here a year ago, but what's your gut tell you about what the Orioles might or might not try to do between now and July 31st? When it comes to you know players like Dylan Bundy and John Means and Trey Mancini that might have some value, well, I don't think to me I don't think Means goes anywhere because I think this is something I think this is something that Mike Elias and 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 Sig Meidel and also uh, Brandon Hyde they kind of found found a diamond in the rough, if you will, and it's one of their own. <laughs> uh, so from that standpoint, I don't necessarily think he goes. Now, Cashner, yes, I think that's a good possibility. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to trade Trey Mancini, you know, by any means. But uh, there are some pieces here that the Orioles could, could trade away at the break and try to get something for how much they're going to get back for it. I'm not sure. Uh, is it going to be something blockbuster? blockbuster-ish to the point where you say, wow, I really like that deal for this club. I don't see that. but uh, And again, that's just because of the, the kind of year the Orioles are having. But when you look at what Andrew Kashner's done this year, and, 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 and you know, Bundy, yes. But again, you know, until you're able to replenish and do something maybe in the off season, Glenn. It's it's tough for me to try to trade away pieces that you know that can help you, and you can build around. And I know this is a rebuild, but you know. So so from that standpoint, I think Cashner certainly, if Alex Cobb was healthy, he would certainly be on the market. So I'm not so sure there's that much there to trade away, but. You know, we'll wait and see what they do. But I think those are two guys right off the bat right. that, that, that that could be dealt and get something back. By the way, congratulations to Chris Davis on the home run last night and three RBI. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 
Oh, God, that's so sad. Stop oh, the so, presses. It's so sad the way that you just said that. My God. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but here's the, and I say it. I know. Kind of tongue, it's very tongue-in-cheek, only because, yes, obviously. Only because, Glenn, I love Chris Davis. I mean, I do. And, uh, and I can't stand what he's gone through the last few years. It's tough, man. It's really tough. I, and he's done a lot of good things for this community, and you appreciate that. It's 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 just a tough situation. It's a really, really difficult situation. And, and I, I feel bad for him because of the way the fans treat him, and I, I get it. The fans have a right to be upset about that. But I, I don't. It's kind of like only only a different in a different way. It's kind of like to me the Joe Flacco situation. You know, I think Joe Flacco has been treated terribly in this town over the last couple of years. I disagree with that. I think it's been unfair. And 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 now I'm to the point where I would love to see Joe go out to Denver and just light it up. I don't disagree <laughs> with you on any of these counts. Don't disagree at all. All right, he is our buddy Craig Heist. Of course, uh, you hear him a lot of Saturdays here on the Bat Around. You can follow him at C Heist Sports on Twitter. As he covers literally everyone between Baltimore and D.C. Craig Heist, I love you, bud. Appreciate it as always. Let's do it again soon, all right? Yeah, one of these years I'm going to make that pig roast, I swear to God. Hey, man, you keep missing <laughs> great parties, so I can tell you. All right, buddy, I'll talk to you. Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, real quick, uh, are you are you healthy? Did the slip and slide grab you I again had, or if, what? If you saw the bruise that I had on my hip right now, it I, is, I did. I did see it. Like I it, saw it's a, a week, picture of it. It's a week later. I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty-six in September. So I'm obviously I'm I'm younger than in height. Well, heist is a hundred, so I'm a little bit younger than heist. Um, <laughs> but like I, I do this thing every year where I'm like ah, I'm getting there, and I'm still like it's too much fun. I'm gonna do go do it again, and so I have to pay uh, the price, which is a giant bruise. I mean, giant colorful bruise on my hip that is not going away. Um, and and knowing is, knowing knowing the kids, I'm sure the oldest one was sitting there oh, laughing like crazy. Oh my god, my four year old was angry that we made him leave. Like he was so in on the slip and slide now. Like this is gonna be the real yeah. problem. He was having the time of his life until we made him leave. So uh that's uh, the be- wonders of parenthood. Hey man, <laughs> hey man, it's a good life. All right buddy, I love you. Uh love you too Glenn. Stay Take it easy man. Craig Heist, uh, our friend and, of course, uh, regular host of the Bat Around with Stan the Fan at week in and week out. All right, hour number one's in the books, just that easy. Um, from the Live Casino Hotel studio, when we come back in, we are going to check in in Aberdeen with the general manager of the Ironbirds, Matt Slatis, joins us next. It's about to be real exciting in Aberdeen for Orioles fans. We'll talk about that on the Bat Around. This is the old left-hander Ross Grimsley. You know, I've always known a little something about special pitchers, but today I'm pitching to you about a very special restaurant, the Costas Inn. Located at 4100 North Point Boulevard, the Costas Inn is known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. But get a load of the nightly specials. Monday night is rib night. Tuesday night, crab cake night. Wednesday night, steak night. Lobster nights on Thursday. Friday, Pete and Nick offer a variety of special dinners. Take it from me, Ross Grimsley. I'm no special. And the Costas Inn is one hell of a special place. Listen up, O's fans. Two great giveaways are coming your way. On Tuesday, July 16th, the first 25,000 fans 15 and over can score their very own Brooks Robinson bobblehead, featuring one of Brooksy's famous diving catches. And on Wednesday, celebrate National Hot Dog Day and be one of the first 20,000 fans to receive an official Hot Dog Race t-shirt in the colors of ketchup, mustard, or relish. And you can enjoy $1 hot dogs, too. Be part of it all. Visit Orioles.com. 
As the sun shines high in Birdland, that can only mean one thing. It's time for a new Orioles floppy hat and Maryland flag jersey. On Friday, June 28th, the first 20,000 fans, 21 and over, will get the 2019 Orioles floppy hat presented by Miller Lite. On Saturday, June 29th, sport your state pride just like the players on the field. The first 30,000 fans, 15 and over, will receive the Maryland flag replica jersey presented by Morgan State University. Be part of it all. Visit Orioles.com for tickets. This is Ross Grimsley. Join Pressbox and myself at Sliders on Monday, July 8th for the All-Star Home Run Derby from 7 to 9 p.m. I'll be behind the bar as a guest bartender serving drinks and talking baseball. I'm even buying the first 50 people that show up their first Fancy Clancy Pilsner. That's right. The first 50 of you will get your first Fancy Clancy Pilsner on me. That's Monday, July 8th at Sliders Bar and Grill across the street from Camden Yards. The Home Run Derby, Pressbox, Fancy Clancy Pilsner, and me, Ross Grimsley. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Ross for details. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's a special double issue celebrating Ed Reed's upcoming induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The legendary safety detailed his odyssey from an unheralded prospect out of New Orleans, Louisiana, to a Hall of Fame career in Baltimore, and his commitment to both hometowns. Plus, the teammates, coaches, family members, and friends that know Ed Reed the best share their favorite stories about him ahead of his induction. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations locations including 60 Royal Farm stores you can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles Ravens and Terps at pressboxonline.com Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show. Well, I, I work really hard to get some of the biggest names on with us. I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward. Okay, who do you have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Uh, or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Lady Gaga, maybe Barack Obama? Uh, you know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. But I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Java Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. No one wants to talk to Java Chamberlain. If trying something new was a bad idea, many of us would still be wearing polyester. This message is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You may know us for our great burgers and wings, but Glory Days pros mix it up with the fresh cedar plank salmon, cut in-house and grilled to perfection, or sizzling and juicy steaks, meaty ribs, we have handcrafted salads and sandwiches by our talented chefs. Change tastes good, we promise. Experience the Glory Days Grill menu in all its glory. Glory Days Grill, great food. Good sports. Into hour number two here on the Bat Around, Glenn Clark in for Stan and Craig this week. Still to come this hour, we're going to chat with Nathan Ruiz, Orioles beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, get his thoughts on some of the trade deadline conversation that we've been having this morning. But right now, we're going to head up to Aberdeen and chat with general manager Matt Slatis as things are about to get, I mean, they're already exciting in Aberdeen, but things are about to get 
really excited in Aberdeen. Matt, good morning. Thank you for taking the time for us, sir. Good morning, Glenn. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be on with you. Okay, so I remember seeing this video of the night of the NBA draft lottery, and it was all of the New Orleans Pelicans, like, ticket sales reps in a room when they found out <laughs> they were going to get Zion Williamson. Um, how yep. similar was the look into the offices of the Aberdeen Ironbirds when Mike Elias announced that Adley Rutschman was going to be headed your way? So that was definitely a surreal moment. Um, you know, obviously <laughs> above my pay grade, but we had heard uh, we had heard some rumblings that that was a possibility. And um, you know, I, I wish we had it as easy as the guys down in New Orleans because the challenge we have is we just don't know when he's getting here. Right, right. He, he, he will be here, and he's working out in Florida now. I've seen some photos. So it, it's exciting, and, you know, for a minor league ball club, that's that's the boost we really need. Oh, no doubt about that. Um, it's funny because I actually had Cal on uh, when he was promoting his book, and um, I said, you know, this is before we knew. I was like, hey, you know, what do you think of the whole Bobby Witt, Adley Rutschman conversation? He said, all I care is that they end up in Aberdeen. So, you know, I, when, when it's nice to have a, a powerful guy like that maybe making a suggestion every now and then. I, I think that might be the case. He's thinking the right way. Right? Yeah. No doubt, it's, man. Uh, so, you know, you only, get, you only get that first pick every 30 years, hopefully. No, um, you so hope. it's really special. Well, I'm a little bit worried about that. But I hear you, <laughs> yeah, I hear you man. Um, so, okay, you're, as you reference, and this is what I've been telling people, and we've been talking about the uh, Ironbirds the last couple of weeks. I, I've started saying, hey, maybe look at some of those weekend dates um, at the end of July, at the beginning of August, because here's my bet. My, my, my worst case scenario is if you go ahead and go to ironbirdsbaseball.com right now and buy your tickets, worst case scenario you're going to have a great Friday or Saturday night at the ballpark seeing a lot of young uh, Orioles draft picks and players that we're really interested in and spending a wonderful Saturday night with a lot of themed activities or a Friday night with, like, fireworks. And if that's for all you sure. get, it's definitely worth the bang for your buck. You might be getting Adley Rutschman, too, in the process, and you might possibly end up having, like, a ticket to a sold-out game um, when it all comes to fruition. And, you know, we've only played – uh, let's see, we played one Friday game, one Saturday game, and a July 3rd fireworks night, and all three of our big games have been sold out. Yeah. So Friday nights and Saturday nights usually will sell out, and it's not just Adley. It's, it's the great entertainment. It's the great promotions that you talked about. Um, but if fans don't purchase those tickets in advance, there's a good chance on Fridays and Saturdays they get shut out. And, and like you said, it may be Adley's first game might be a Friday or a Saturday night. So or, or even if it's not his first, just, just a chance to see him at all, right? Like, my sure. gosh. You, know, you don't know if he's going to DH, if they're going to teach him a, a different position, if he's catching. There's a little bit of surprise in all of this, and it's a fun night at the ballpark. No question about that. Um, so with that in mind, I know even before he gets here – I referenced some of those draft picks, and like you had a Orioles draft pick who just hit a home run off of Noah Syndergaard uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, I, I mean, there's other reasons to already be excited about the players on the field in Aberdeen even before Adley Rutschman gets there. Exactly. You know, you mentioned Johnny Reiser, the left fielder, center fielder who hit that home run. Uh, kid plays the game hard. He's fast. He's fun to watch. Uh, I kid you not, you know, the track man in the ballpark estimated that home run, I think about 438 feet, but it it bounced. If you're familiar with where our ballpark is, it bounced beyond the outfield wall and onto I-95. So (laughs) not only was it a moonshot, it was a moonshot off a Cy Young winner. 
um, you know, off a big league superstar. So it, it was cool to see. And, and that's the magic of minor league baseball. There, there's a guy on our team named Toby Welk. He was the, the D3 player of the year. He played up at, uh, I think, Penn State Berks. Um, so he's pretty much a local kid. This kid's been a superstar this year. He plays every day. He plays hard. He's a little infielder. Um, and he can hit the heck out of the ball. He's, uh, it's just fun to watch. And you never know who you're going to see. So if it's, if it's Toby Welk, if it's Johnny Reiser, we've got, when Adley gets here, he will be the third catcher who was drafted in this year's draft in the top 10 rounds on one roster. Right. So, so you, you already have, I know Maverick, who's one of my favorite names. Like the Orioles did such oh, a good yeah. job in the name department in this year's draft. Like you mentioned we Johnny Reiser. We have a New York. We have a New York Ten League all name team going in our office, and a couple of those guys are on our own team. No doubt, man. Um, but uh, yeah, you know Maverick Hanley, um, Johnny Reiser. Just there's so many guys there that, and not to put the prior Orioles regime down, but you just wouldn't see as many new draft picks get to Aberdeen as quickly as you have this summer. Well, I think it's um, you, you also had a lot of college players, right? So, like, the you know, the idea that these guys are maybe a little bit quickly ready to go and, and get into the mix, I I think about um, a Stower, so I think everybody's familiar with that scene of him getting the news while he's sure. in the on-deck circle that he got drafted, the kid from Stanford and Zach Watson from LSU. Like, these are guys that are coming in immediately and, and ready to play for you guys. And that's where you see it, it, it to the effect of it's almost like the NBA draft where these guys are, are picked up and they're ready to go right away. Um, you know, at the same time, there's some high school kids on the team. There's a there's a high school pitcher uh, out of Long Island, New York. So it, you never know what you're going to see. And if it's if it's great baseball or if it's great entertainment, um, I, I look at Aberdeen as kind of the, I don't know if it's necessarily a hidden gem at this point of the Orioles system, but, you know, it's a fantastic experience for the fans. It's a fantastic experience for the players. Uh, when Cal and Bill built this ballpark, they wanted everything to be on the big league level. Yeah. And I think, you know, the guys who start their careers in the Orioles system in Aberdeen are certainly spoiled as they make their way up through the system that they were able to play in Aberdeen and get started there because the clubhouses, the weight rooms, the medical, you know, it's all second to none for these guys. I think those of us who really have, yeah, and those of us who have spent a lot of nights at uh, Ripken Stadium in our summers know that as well. He is Matt Slatus, the general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Again, ironbirdsbaseball.com right now to get your tickets. Matt, I, I ran through some of the promotions that are coming up, right? I mentioned that they, you guys had some great promotions coming up. I know Steam Crabs Night. Can you just take us through some of these things people should have on their radar and start thinking about these dates in particular? For sure. So the club actually returns home tomorrow. They've been up in Brooklyn celebrating July 4th and playing the, the Cyclones, the Mets affiliate. But we've got three quick games coming up this week. And then back in town on Saturday, July 13th, it's our Winter Wonderland night. So, Glenn, wrap your mind around this one. We're going to have snow machines. We're going to have ice carvings. And we're actually going to have the world's only professional outdoor ice show at the ballpark. Well, how does that so work? Figure skaters coming in. These guys are going to be skating on top of the dugouts. We, we <laughs> did it last summer. It <laughs> one of the cooler things I've ever seen on a, a synthetic ice surface. Um, players loved it. It, it just... It rocks your mind, That's you know. Cool. Talk That's about cool. a juxtaposition. It's really fun. So we'll have we'll have snow at the ballpark for kids, and um, I've seen a, a rendering of an Ironbirds ice carving that's going to go on. Uh, and then Friday the nineteenth, the next weekend, we play our once a year annual. Uh, the Ironbirds rebrand themselves to the Steam Crabs, and we've got different uniforms, different logos, and if you can top a food with 
lump crab will sell it to you in our concession stand, Ooh. and that includes ice cream. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that a <laughs> lot. One thing that's particularly neat this year is the Connecticut Tigers, the Detroit Tigers affiliate that we host that night. They're actually going to play. They're going to rebrand their uniforms, their team, as the Connecticut Lobster Rolls. <laughs> so we've got a, a seafood showdown in all of minor league baseball's glory. I love that. Steam crabs versus the lobster That's roll. Great. So That's yeah, tremendous. Just a, just a ton of fun at the ballpark. You know, the following weekend, Friday the 26th, we celebrate Wizard Night with Harry Potter and his cast of friends. Star Wars Night coming up in August. Uh, and one last thing that I think is incredibly cool. Saturday night, August 3rd. We're going to honor the Ripken family for everything they've done for Hartford County, for Baltimore, for the upper Chesapeake region. Uh, we're actually going to rebrand the team that night as the Aberdeen Legacy. Huh. And we've got a, a pretty neat uniform. It's, it, the uniform itself has the likeness of Cal Sr., Bill, and Cal Jr. on it. Uh, we actually have a, an official New Era on-field fitted cap that has a silhouette of Cal on the front in one of his many famous batting stances and 2632 embroidered into the side. Wow. Uh, and pre-game that night, we're going to talk to the whole Rivkin family. We're going to talk to everybody about what it means to be from Maryland, what it means to have made this your home for so long and continue to make it your home, and really what it means and the pride that they have, share their stories about the lead behind that is the Ironbirds and the Rivkin experience up in Aberdeen. That's so awesome. It, it's, it's kind of a come full circle for Cal and Bill, grow up in this town, play in the big leagues, go to the Hall of Fame, star on MLB Network, and here you are still right in your humble backyard providing affordable family entertainment for everybody in Hartford County and the region. That's so cool. That is so cool. All right, so again, all of those things, get your tickets now. Ironbirdsbaseball.com is the uh, website for you to find out more. Um, you guys don't get to keep uh, Austin Hayes until you get home tomorrow, do you? Do you have to, you have to let him move on? I mean, that'd be really, really kind of the timing on that. Like, that was always – you guys, I know it worked out for you where you were able to get Noah Syndergaard, like, at in Aberdeen, which I was like, holy smokes. Like, who does that? Send somebody like that on the road for a rehab, rehab assignment. That's so cool. It, it was unbelievable. We, uh, you know, we were the benefactors of the Mets being in Philly, and uh, I guess they, what I heard was they gave Noah the choice of – going up to Binghamton to throw or driving 45 minutes down the road to Aberdeen. So he took the road less traveled. Um, but thankful for, obviously very yeah. thankful for it. Yeah, I, I haven't heard about Austin yet, but I'm certainly keeping my fingers crossed right. that we, uh, be we really nice. see him here tomorrow. Really nice if it worked out that way for you guys. All right, uh, Matt Slatis, uh, awesome, man. Really appreciate you taking the time for us uh, this morning. I know it's an incredibly exciting time for all of you guys. And um, I, I, I'm really, this is like, I, I, I maybe you, I don't know if you can put it the same words I can. I'm warning all Orioles fans, it, it is going to be mob scene-like the moment that Adley Rutschman shows up. It's going to be crazy. Do not get shut out. You have the chance to buy tickets now and just hope for the best and again, if it if it doesn't happen, if for whatever reason Adley Rutschman isn't there the week that you bought the tickets for, you're still going to have an amazing night at the ballpark. You're not you can't lose if you go ahead and buy Ironbirds tickets today, and ultimately you might end up getting you know the guy that everybody is wanting to see play baseball. So, um, what an exciting time! We can't wait to be there. Thanks, Glenn. I couldn't have said it better myself. Ironbirdsbaseball.com or four one zero two nine seven nine two nine two. And we don't know if Adley's going to be here for a week, a month, the entire season. Uh, and like you said, we don't know when he's going to get here. But at the worst case, it's not so bad. You get a great night of affordable family fun. Fireworks on Friday. Kids run the bases. 
Sunday, play catch on the field Saturday, come on out to the ballpark and, and celebrate summer with us. No doubt. Matt, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you real soon, all right? Thanks a lot. Take care. Matt Slatis, general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. I, I, I can only warn you this so much. The convenience for Orioles fans of getting to Aberdeen, even if you're on the other side, like, so for anybody in Baltimore and Hartford counties, it's going to be mob scene, right? Even if you live in the city or on the other side, it's so convenient because it's right off 95. It's legitimately two seconds off of 95 to get to Ripken Stadium. The convenience for you as an Orioles fan to get to the ballpark is going to create an insane demand for Ironbirds tickets once Adley Rutschman gets there. I mean, we're talking about our Lord and Savior, Adley Rutschman. We're talking about the baseball messiah, Adley Rutschman. The moment he shows up, it is going to be panic mode. You might see Ironbirds tickets like go up on StubHub or on eBay because there's going to be such insane demand for this. It's like Bryce Harper to the Phils. Well, it's not quite the same because that's a major league team. I'm trying to think of a different level. I don't know that we've ever had anything. like The closest feeling we had was when Manny Machado, but we, at the time, again, it's twofold. Remember, part of this is that there's a lot of people that might otherwise go to Orioles games who might say, like, if you're telling me my choice is go see this team or go see Adley Rutschman, tonight I'm going to choose to go see Adley Rutschman. Like, it's we are desperate. We are thirsty. We are absolutely craving something. And this guy kind of represents all of our hopes. And so I'm telling you, just go ahead and buy tickets. I'm, I'm saying look at mid to late July early August, those weekend games, buy your tickets now. It might not work out. It might be that either he takes an extra minute or he's not here very long or whatever, and you miss Adley Rutschman. As I keep saying, the worst-case scenario is pretty freaking good. It's a great night out at the ballpark, and everybody that's ever been to a game in, in Aberdeen knows it's just an awesome place to go for minor league baseball. It's a great night out at the ballpark. It's tremendous promotions. It's other draft picks that you're going to be interested in, and you never know who might be there on a rehab assignment. Worst-case scenario is you're getting bang for your buck. Best-case scenario, you might get three times the value of what you spent because you're going to get Adley Rutschman as well. Buy your tickets now for the Ironbirds. Start thinking about what dates work for you, what weekend nights are the nights that you could be there, Take your kids. Have a great night at the ballpark. I cannot suggest it enough that you go ahead and get your tickets to the Ironbirds right now. All right. um, We have one more break to get to this morning, and we're going to go ahead and take it now because coming up, we're going to chat with Nathan Reeves from the Baltimore Sun, and then we're going to wind down the show by hearing from Ben Badler from Baseball America. That's all on the way. It is the bat around on a Saturday morning. Glenn Clark in for Stan the Fan Charles and Craig Heist in the Live Casino Hotel Studio. Jerry's Tire is located in Baltimore City, just steps away from Little Italy and historic Jonestown. Jerry's not only sells all the major brand tires like Bridgestone, Michelin, and Continental, but is your go-to shop for everything from oil changes to factory scheduled maintenance. All repairs are backed by a nationwide warranty. The team over at Jerry's has been serving the Baltimore area for over 62 years and are eager to earn your business. Give them a call at 410-685-4330 or visit them online at jerrystires.com to shop for tires and schedule an appointment. That's jerrys, G-E-R-R-Y-S, tires.com. 
I like world-famous chicken. You like world-famous chicken. We all like Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Why? Because Royal Farms world-famous chicken's always fresh, never frozen. Because it's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices. Because it's cooked on the spot, right in the store. And because it's the juiciest, best-tasting chicken on the planet. That's why everyone likes Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Western fries, too. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Join the flock as the Chesapeake Bayhawks face off against the Atlanta Blaze for a healthy living night on Saturday, July 6th at 7 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Arrive at 4.30 p.m. to attend our new Lexus tailgate featuring games, a live DJ, and complimentary Bud Light for ticket holders 21 and up. Tickets are available and start at $15. To purchase, visit thebayhawks.com tickets or call the Chesapeake Bayhawks ticket office at 866-99-HAWKS. Go Bayhawks! This is Ross Grimsley with a reminder to all my baseball friends out there that I'm now part of the Press Box Podcast team. Catch my take on the O's and whatever's going on in this great game of baseball. We'll also touch base with some of my old friends and teammates. Tune in every Tuesday morning or listen anytime at PressBoxOnline.com slash Ross Grimsley Show. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's a special double issue celebrating Ed Reed's upcoming induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The legendary safety detailed his odyssey from an unheralded prospect out of New Orleans, Louisiana, to a Hall of Fame career in Baltimore and his commitment to both hometowns. Plus, the teammates, coaches, family members, and friends that know Ed Reed the best share their favorite stories about him ahead of his induction. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Glory Days Grill-to-Go menu is based on a simple reality. You can't spend your whole life at Glory Days Grill. Your boss wouldn't like it, and neither would your kids or your dog. So come to Glory Days and get your food to go. On your way to soccer practice, or to the office, or to, well, wherever. We know the hardest part of visiting Glory Days Grill is leaving. But at least you take a little piece of us wherever you go. Glory Days Grill. Great food. Good sports. As the weather heats up, the menu at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square cools down, introducing the all-new Frosted Key Lime, a fun twist on one of America's favorite pies. The new treat is a hand-spun combination of Chick-fil-A's signature ice dream, Chick-fil-A lemonade, and natural sugar-free lime flavoring made from a blend of key limes, coffer limes, and Persian limes. Frosted Key Lime gets its green color from a mix of nutrient-rich ingredients. Download the Chick-fil-A app today, place your order, and get points towards free stuff at our Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Plus, if you order using your app, your food will be ready when you get there. Stop by Chick-fil-A in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center at 5198 Campbell Boulevard and tell Steve we sent you. Back in here on the bat around from Paul in Orlando. Over the years, definitely helped boost my interest to watch the All-Star game if Orioles were one of the top teams to see how they did versus the other elite. Overall, though, for me, the game was more interesting in the past before interleague play. 
outside of the playoffs, it was the only chance to see the O's versus National League players. Like, I I mean, that's a different conversation altogether. And again, to me, I think this is less about the players. Like, yeah, I get that in some way. Like, if you knew that two Orioles were in the starting lineup for the AL or something like that, that would make it more interesting in general. To me, it's just overall how I feel about baseball. My Just my feelings about baseball are not the same. And it's not like I hate the sport or something like that. It's just that I, 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 just, I just don't have the same interest knowing how beat down I am. And it's also like the fact that I'm just not as tuned in night in and night out. When the Orioles are good, I'll make my plans around watching baseball every night. I will make my schedule around, well, I want to make sure I can watch the Orioles game on Sunday. I'll make, you know, I'll do that type of thing. Whereas, like, now, last night I watched Spider-Man. On Wednesday night, I went and played trivia and watched the soccer match. Like, I, I'm just not making plans around watching Orioles baseball. And so what comes along with that is I genuinely find myself having less knowledge of what's going on um, than I do. Like, obviously a little bit more knowledge than the average person because of what I do for a living. But, you know, part of being invested in every Orioles game and making sure that you're watching every Orioles game is that you see what's going on with these other teams and you, you know, are aware of who's playing particularly well and who's having a great season and all those types of of deals. I went to the uh, Orioles-Padres game on the Wednesday afternoon game with my kids and I remember thinking to myself, like, I could name the first four hitters in the Padres lineup and could not have told you who any of the next five guys were. Like, the first four guys were, like, Tatis, Margot, uh, Machado, and probably Hosmer. And so I was like, yeah, I know who all four of those guys are. And then, like, literally there was not another player in the Padres lineup whose name I even recognized. I was like, wow. I mean, I am I am disconnected. And part of that is because the Orioles are just so bad that you're just not as connected to the game or watching night in and night out the way that you typically would when the Orioles are playing well. So this is a different thing for me. That's uh, that's sort of where I'm at. From Jeff, Jeff says, Glenn, absolutely, far less interested in the All-Star game, far less interested in baseball altogether. It's not because I hate the game or not because I don't think the Orioles are doing the right thing. It's just that I'm genuinely not as invested to watch every night. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Jeff, exactly what I'm discussing. But your general level of investment is lessened because the Orioles simply aren't as good. It's just the way that it goes. Uh, continue to give me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio. Again, the All-Star Game Tuesday night in Cleveland, the Home Run Derby Monday night. We'll be at Sliders watching the Home Run Derby with our buddy Ross Grimsley. We've been talking a little bit this morning about the fact that the hard trade deadline this year in Major League Baseball is coming up. Again, no waiver deadline no August 31st, none of that. This is the first year that you got to make your trades by the end of July or forever hold your peace. What might the Orioles do? Our next guest wrote about it this week for the Baltimore Sun. He is an Orioles beat writer at the Sun. It's a pleasure to welcome in for the first time Mr. Nathan Ruiz. Nathan, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. While I'm sure you got a very busy week, and you're up in Toronto, right? It's- uh, no, John Mioli is oh, out there, so I'm wait, little, my schedule's a little more open. But wait, you guys made him uh, like a week after he got married. He's got to go right back out on the road. Yeah, well, he he took himself a little bit of a break. He kind of up was volunteered for it. It all came together. He's kind of a uh, right. he he hunts after it. All He's right, fair enough, now. fair enough. Well, I appreciate you taking the time nonetheless. Um, yeah, I so, appreciate you guys having me. So this is really fascinating to me, right? Because obviously, a year ago around here was far more interesting because the names that were involved leading into the trade deadline, right? It was Manny Machado and, you know, the possibility of Adam Jones and Zach Britton and Jonathan Scope. 
this year the names aren't as marquee, but I think the conversation might even be more interesting because I don't think it's quite as cut and dry what the Orioles should do when we're talking about some of these players that might be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, the the big discussion will come down to Trey Mancini and whether uh, Michael Ice has said, you know, we could extend him or we could trade him. We're kind of open to anything when it comes to Trey Mancini. So I think, you know, he's obviously the, kind of the piece to watch, uh, a player who really could have, should have been an all-star and, and has had a great season for the Orioles and is, is, you know, a player who is bringing a lot of people to the ballpark, I'm sure, on a nightly basis. So, uh, you know, trading him obviously would, would I'm sure, hurt things in quite a few ways uh and then you have other pieces who are maybe a little more flexible in 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 terms of moving them whether you decide uh you know is is michael givens a guy who on the peripheral numbers maybe you decide hey you know we can still get something for him or do you decide would be selling low so he's someone to hold on to andrew cashner a pending free agent but uh how badly do you need his innings coverage the innings he's provided out of that rotation so there's a lot of decisions that are going to be made, and a lot of it's going to depend on what teams are offering. Michael Ice's goal is to, to make this team better, and if they don't get an offer they feel fits that goal, they're not going to make any trades. So it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how, as a deadline, and, and as you mentioned, uh, the single deadline now right. is closer and closer how that impacts things. Nathan, so that's some of that is what I'm struggling with, right? It, it, so everything that I think the Orioles should do is in the, like, what would the Astros do? You know, like the, and obviously there's a little bit of that, what would Michael Elias do? Uh, kind of bracelet I'm looking down towards. And I can't figure out if uh, – it's easy for people to sit back and say, well, you only make a deal if you really get bowled over. But is that really the thing that you're supposed to do when you're in a rebuilding process? Or are you supposed to look at everything as an asset and try to get something, you know, this notion of, hey, you got to really be bowled over for Trey Mancini? Well, you're probably not going to be bowled over for Trey Mancini, not because he's not a nice player, but just because he's not – like an in-demand type of asset, like what he his skill set is not something that every team, boy, we really need a decent power-hitting corner infielder slash semi-okay outfielder, like that most teams have those guys. So do you hold on and just hope for the best, or is the best thing for a rebuild really to say, hey, you take as much as you can get because ultimately you're not really going to be building around a guy in his late 20s for a rebuild that might not pan out for four or five years? Yeah, obviously, and those are, you know, I'm sure the decisions that, that Michael Elias and his staff are making. I think a lot of it isn't necessarily getting bowled over. They don't need to be blown away because the goal in any trade, and I think people forget this because always there's right after winners and losers of this trade post, you know, and what, what it might be. Right. But both teams are trying to do the right thing. You're trying to create evenness and have a good deal. So it's not necessarily getting blown away or bowled over and whatever offer you get. It's finding something that says, Yes, this makes us better. We get we get what we're looking for. They get what they're looking for. So if something comes together, and like you mentioned, you know, Trey Mancini is a, a first baseman by trade. Most teams would probably rather have him playing first base than a corner outfield spot. Um, and most contenders are pretty comfortable with their first baseman. So it, it, it just kind of depends. If the option is not there, maybe it's something that, you know, he still has a couple years of control. And if Michael Elias gives a, makes a run at, at trying to extend him, and it doesn't come together, then maybe they say, hey, Trey, you know, we're going to try to find somewhere that maybe you fit um, in terms of contention a little better, a little more immediate, and, and we try to add a couple prospects that hopefully when we're ready to go, you know, we can look back and say, hey, Trey Mantini helped us get those players. Nathan Rees is with us from the Baltimore Sun. We're talking about some of these options for the Orioles coming up on the trade deadline. I, John Means is really fascinating, right? Because there's there's the one the, there's still I think a part of the question which is, are we fully believing in what it is that we're seeing? And I think that goes both ways, right? For the Orioles, 
do you genuinely believe that maybe you have found someone that could perhaps be a piece that you're building around long term? Or are you saying, hey, this might be a little bit of fool's gold. Maybe we need to try to move him. And clearly every other team in baseball is trying to figure the same thing out. Did, did we all just miss in scouting this guy? Did everybody just miss in scouting a guy that could be one of the best pitchers in the American League for years to come? Or is he just a guy that's pitching above his head? I, I have no idea like how you go about handling that situation at the moment. Well, I think a lot of it is credit to John Means for, for putting in work this offseason, driving across the state of Missouri every week to go to P3 in St. Louis and, and you know figuring out how to best use his repertoire, increasing his fastball velocity, doing what he could to actually improve. The thing is, is it's not like, wow, how did everyone see John Means and not see this coming? It's scouts did not see this John Means when he was coming up to the minor leagues Fair. going through every step of the ladder. So this is a different John Means, and it's proved effective so far. Um, it's, again, it's half a season of, 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 of Major League Baseball, and in time maybe opposing teams figure some things out and catch up to him, and he um, you know, aggresses back to, to maybe a little bit more normalcy. But I think that uh, you know, right now the Orioles are, are in need of young, controllable starting pitching and, and pitching in any form, really. So I think, again, if they get what they feel is the right offer, but I don't imagine that a team is going to come up and say, a half a season of John Means is worth the Orioles. Worth, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be a package that the Orioles are going to say it's worth sacrificing five and a half more years of, of what can be a controllable, talented starting pitcher. The Bundy thing, obviously interesting, not only because he's pitched pretty well, but you still have to imagine there's got to be a team that's licking their lips thinking, well, if we get our claws in him, you know, we, we can get the Dylan Bundy that everybody thought he was going to be um, a couple years ago, even though he's actually pitched pretty well of late. Yeah, you know, he's a guy who, who's really done a good job recently at balancing his pitch mix. Obviously, the fastball velocity is not what it once was, but the off-speed off stuff is still great. It's still fantastic. We saw that last night. So so he's a guy who I think is definitely going to draw some interest, you know. I don't think he or Andrew Kastner is necessarily going to be a guy that a team goes out and says, we're going to insert this guy at the top of our playoff rotation. He's right. going to get us to the World Series. But, if you know, Every team's going to need starting pitching, and whether it's a four-starter or a guy who you put in the bullpen in the postseason to maybe give you a little length, teams need back-end pitching. Contending teams need back-end pitching, and, and the Orioles have some guys in Dylan Money and Andrew Cashman who could maybe provide that for a contending team. Do you really think that there might be a team that would be willing to give something up for Hans or Alberto? I think in the right situation, yes. I think on an individual level, unlikely. Yeah. But, you know, if a team is looking for, like I just said, back-end starting pitching and a bench bat, then Andrew Alberto can be a guy. You know, you look at what he's hitting against lefties. You look at the success he's had against fastballs. He's a guy who, obviously, his his on base percentage is really based on on batting average, and his batting average is heavily based on singles. So there's definitely some concern there. And again, it's it's a guy who's really kind of just had a breakout year because of the opportunity he's gotten in Baltimore. Because uh, a lot of guys are getting a lot of opportunities. So I don't think necessarily anyone's going to come out and say, "Here's one of our top 30 prospects, straight up, Andrew Alberto." But if it's something that uh, Michael Elias can can offer out there and say, hey, can we increase this package? Uh, sure. You know, it, it, to sure. pull out an example, you look at uh, the Brad Hand trade that the uh, Cleveland Indians and, and San Diego Padres made a couple years ago. The the Indians got Brad Hand in that deal, but it was a two-for-one with the Padres giving up two players to get a better prospect than Francisco Mejia. Now, any of the players we'd be talking about in this situation would not necessarily be at that level, but sometimes it just takes adding in an extra piece on your end to maybe get a better prospect back. So it's something where I think uh, Alberto could maybe get paired with someone to create a more interesting package. Nathan, I think one of the things that uh, sort of looms over all of this conversation is this feeling that 
you know, there's been a little momentum of late um, with this team and the fans and the fan base after Adley Rutschman and making, you know, finally getting dipping their toes in the July 2nd waters and making an investment in players and, you know, fans sort of feeling like, okay, we, we see this. And I, I still sense that in general the fan base at large is, is on board with what's going on. It's just very difficult when the teams on the field is as bad as they've been. But I, I, I wonder how much, like, the feeling of momentum – it looms and and you think about that as a franchise when you're wondering if you should be dealing the few pieces that you have that people actually want to come see at the ballpark right like i wonder how much that even like sort of crosses your mind during this process well you bring up adley rushman in the draft you bring up the international signing period both of those things are are in the long term adding talent and depth and athleticism into the system and so if they're able to do that, if whoever they move nets some prospects who maybe bring – no one's going to bring that same level of excitement as an Adley Rushman did, most likely. But if you're able to add someone who can uh, energize some things, someone who you, you see is like uh, a piece. Obviously, the Orioles uh, have some, some low minors pitching that's developing. And, right. and they've obviously hopefully injected some athleticism in this most recent draft. But um, if I think if in that same vein, if you're giving up something that, that obviously you hope is – um, a controllable part of your future, whether that's a John Means or a Trey Mancini or a Michael Gibbons or a Dylan Bundy. Um, I think if they get something back that makes maybe provides a different jolt of energy towards momentum toward the future, I think that changes the conversation. Uh, before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time this morning, Nathan, any thoughts about you know somebody as we get towards like August, that there might be somebody who perhaps the franchise is ready to look at at the major league level that we haven't seen of yet? I think, you know, Austin Hayes' situation is fully dependent on health. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if he's healthy, he might be up right now with their center field situation. Uh, same goes for uh, Cedric Mullins and his performance. Obviously, you saw him earlier this year. Right. Um, you know, I, I think, obviously, I think maybe the two guys who to most be on the lookout for would be like a Ryan Mountcastle yep. and a Keegan Aiken. But I think they will both want both of those guys to keep developing down there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of go about it. I think right now with the the construction of their 40-man roster, they're in an interesting situation. Actually, the, the two biggest guys I actually would say to watch for are relievers, Hunter Harvey and, and Dylan Tate. Yeah, Both that's weird, guys, right? Yeah. what a... Moving into the, into the bullpen, they've been exceptional. So Great point. So I think those two guys are probably the biggest guys to watch for. And, and I, you know, I've talked to both those guys in the last couple of weeks, and I get the sense that this is not something where those guys are looking for like an opportunity to go back to the rotation. Like I get the sense that both those guys are very comfortable with the idea that they're, they're bullpen guys now. Yeah, and you look at them being on the 40-man roster and, and, and Hunter Harvey's options being limited, uh, uh, minor league options being, that being. So I think you know both of them recognize, like, hey, if I'm going to get in the majors, like this might just be the yeah. way I'm going to do it. And Hunter Harvey obviously got moved to the bullpen in Bowie, was exceptional, and then very quickly got moved up to Norfolk and, and kept doing well there so far. So I think the opportunity is there for those guys, especially with the shape of the Orioles' bullpen as it is right now. So I would not be surprised in time for the Orioles to say, hey, we, let's give these guys a shot late in the year and see what we've got. That's a great point. And obviously, of course, Hunter Harvey, the son of a uh, great closer and Brian Harvey. And so there's some uh, some interest there that uh, that he could follow in the footsteps of his dad. All right, it's at Nathan S. Ruiz on Twitter is how you follow him. And make sure you're checking out his stuff in the Baltimore Sun and BaltimoreSun.com. Nathan, really appreciate you taking some time for us this morning, man. We'd love to do it again soon, all right? Yeah, thanks, guys. Sounds great. Nathan Ruiz from the Baltimore Sun checking in with us here on GCR. His thoughts on what the Orioles might do as we head towards the trade deadline.
Hey, if you've not picked up the new print edition of Pressbox yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life, as it is a very important... I know this is a baseball show, but I'm going to assume that a lot of people that are listening are also Baltimore Ravens fans. This is a very important edition of Pressbox, because this is a very special double issue celebrating... Uh, former Ravens safety Ed Reed and his induction to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is a true collector's item. Um, it is a double issue, chocked full of content celebrating Ed Reed. We spoke to Ed about his path from being an unheralded prospect coming out of the state of Louisiana to being maybe the greatest safety in the history of football. We also spoke to so many people that knew Ed so well, coaches, teammates, friends, family members, about their favorite stories about Ed Reed. Look, I covered Ed Reed on a day-to-day basis, and I learned things that I never knew. There are stories that are wonderful in there about Ed Reed. Some that, like, literally our our editors here at Pressbox said, hey, are we allowed to print this? Like, are we going to get in trouble if we print this story? In particular, I will tell you, Bryant McKinney, former Ravens tackle, and, of course, teammate of Ed's both here and with the Miami Hurricanes, told a pair of stories and I had two separate editors say, I don't think we should run this. To which I said, no, no, no. Ed knows. Like, he knows the stories. He knows we're going to run it. He's fine with it. Like, we, there was actual, like, controversy in these offices about some of the stories that ran. Um, they're that interesting. So pick it up today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where Pressbox can be found. You can also read the entire thing at PressBoxOnline.com. But I warn you, you have a Ravens fan in your life, a friend, a family member who doesn't live here, who has moved, who's just, you know, work has taken them elsewhere in the country, and they don't have the same ability to get to their neighborhood Royal Farms to pick up a copy of this special collector's Ed Reed issue of Pressbox. So go get it for them and either, like, ship it out to them or hold on to it until they get home for the holidays or home whenever they're coming home. It's going to be on newsstands until the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, but go get like two or three copies now because we're expecting it to move. We're expecting that it's going to fly off newsstands, and we don't know always when we're going to be able to get out and refill all the stands around town. So our special double edition celebrating Ed Reed's Hall of Fame induction. When is the ceremony coming up again? Uh, the first week of August, right? Is that, is that my math? I thought it was usually late July. No, that's the Baseball Hall of Fame is normally late July. Let me du- let me double check on the date for the uh, I think it's the first week Hall of Fame football induction 2019. I'll tell you in 2 seconds. Thanks. I'm glad you asked. Although you could have just looked this up yourself. <laughs> let me be honest with you. Making this, you do work. This is producer. Come on. This is producer work. Um August 4th. August 4th. Is right. the, or, uh, okay, so it's the events are August 1st through 4th. So I think the game is the 1st, then 2nd. So it's probably the 3rd. The Saturday would probably be the 3rd. I thought they yeah. played the game usually they after. They played on Thursday night now because uh. they got sick of the field being ripped up by right. the all the seats they put down for the ceremony. So they said, we need to make sure we play that game before. So, yeah, the game is the 1st, and then the induction ceremony is the 3rd of August. All right, Brett, move over to this seat. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, Ryan, if you would switch us over to the old three shot. Of course. Uh, of course. Young Brett is here, and I have tasked him with doing what uh, Kyle Ottenheimer normally does on my show, which is a tidbit of the day. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by the Chesapeake Bayhawks, who are home tonight back in Annapolis and uh, trying to avoid a third straight loss. They've had some hard luck their last two games out. Uh, tonight they take on Atlanta Game is at 7, but arrive by 4.30 to attend the new Lexus tailgate. Tickets start at just $15 to purchase. 
Visit thebayhawks.com slash tickets or call the ticket office 866-99-HAWKS. Go Bayhawks. Brett, you feel any pressure about this? Oh, we need to turn Brett's mic on as well. There we go. Um, you feel any pressure? No, I got two doozies for you. All right. So you know oh how this works. You know how this works. I want you to give the tidbit and then a quiz that follows. All right. All right. Go ahead. So, so I yeah. Just go ahead. Right. Who is the first major league player to? Have now you're supposed to have like a thought beforehand. You clearly didn't listen. You clearly <laughs> didn't take the assignment as I gave. Follow it the rules, Brad. You're supposed to have like information that's interesting, and then followed up by a trivia question. I can. It's fine. Just go ahead with what you got. Who was the first major league player to have his number retired? First ever major league player to have his number retired? Yes. Like by any individual team, you mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tris Speaker. I, I got to feel like it's Jackie Robinson, but I, was, I don't want to say that. Jackie Robinson would be the first to have his number retired throughout baseball. Right, right. Uh, but by an individual team. Oh, an individual team. I didn't I didn't understand the question. Wee Willie Keeler. Duke Snyder. Oh. Willie Mays. Yeah, I think you're thinking Ooh. too modern. Think American League. American League. Mickey Mantle. I mean, Babe Ruth. Uh, Close. Close to Babe Ruth. It was Lou Gehrig because they retired it when he died. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, they retired it. All right. Is that, that it? No, I got one more. Who was the first major league player to pitch a ball over 100 miles per hour? Ooh. Walter Johnson. This is a good question. Um, Nolan Ryan. Really? Right. Nobody did it before Nolan Ryan? Nolan a Ryan. flamethrower. I find that hard to believe. Okay. Nolan so you, the K. You, you missed. You missed. But the idea is that you take something that's going on right now topicality mm-hmm. and you spin it into an interesting tidbit like for example this week um uh, john means is going to the all-star game right you would maybe say hey who are the all-time orioles rookies who have ever made the all-star game right like that's interesting that's you know what i mean like yeah. that's the idea of the concept is that you spin it into something that's relevant topicality wise all right you, it's you, okay you can do you can do better I believe in I you. <laughs> I believe in you. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, a reminder that we're in the Live Casino Hotel studio. Um, we have great events coming up throughout the summer with Live Casino Hotel, including Dwight Yoakam, including Boz Skaggs, who's coming back. It was supposed to be last month. Instead, they pushed it back to November 1st. The Out of the Blue Tour. Tickets start at just $45, include $10 in free slots play. Also, Norm McDonald's coming. Babyface was just announced. So many great shows in the Live Event Center. Live Casino Hotel, livecasinohotel.com. Um, we're going to hear from Ben Badler to wrap up the show. But before we do that, I want to thank uh, everybody, all the boys who are in here this morning working Woo! hard. Thank you, Ryan. Thank boys you, Club. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Griffin, who's out there in the uh, other room. He shut the door because he didn't want to smell us, I guess. <laughs> Don't blame him. Three dudes in a small room. That's the way it works. What the hell just happened there? I tried to move in my seat, but I accidentally hit the mic. What are you doing? <laughs> you're going to break the studio. You're one day of the week that you're here. <laughs> all right, so thanks to all of them. Stan and Craig will be back next Saturday uh, and be with you again for the bat around. Don't forget Monday night we're at Sliders with Ross Grimsley. 
first fancy clancy pilsner is on him for the first 50 of you that show up to hang out with us and watch the home run derby plus you just get to sit around and talk baseball with ross grimsley like he doesn't want to do that right like it sounds like a pretty good night and you get your first beer paid for by ross exactly it's gonna be a great night at sliders you know where sliders is right across the street from the ballpark 771 feet from home plate we will see you there i'll be back with you monday morning for glenn clark radio as we teased we have a very significant guest scheduled to join us tuesday morning like literally one of the most significant guests that you could have in all of baltimore sports at the moment one of the most significant names in all of baltimore sports is scheduled to join us tuesday morning i'm just not going to tell you who it is till tomorrow night i'm going to tell you who it is tomorrow night uh, at sliders in fact is uh, where i'm going to tell you so that's what's going on all so right make sure you get the sliders right uh all right thanks boys uh see you next saturday thanks stan and craig we wrap up the show obviously uh one of the things we talked about this morning the orioles july 2nd signings well there is no greater authority when it comes to july 2nd signings than ben badler from baseball america and he joined us on glenn clark radio earlier this week with myself ken zalis and kyle ottenheimer let's take a listen to that right now to wind up the week here on the bat around um all right uh fan he's ken zalis at fans fantasy joining us now Yesterday, obviously, the Orioles finally decided to join the uh, the groups of teams that thought you should spend money on international players as they participated in the July 2 signing date. To tell us more about those guys, he is the singular authority when it comes to international signings. He has been Badler from Baseball America, and he's with us here on GCR. Ben, uh, thank you so much for taking some time for us. It's Glenn and Ken and Kyle in Baltimore. Really appreciate you doing this today. Oh, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. I, I guess let's start with, before we try to figure out if any of these players are, are any good, let me just start with... The significance of the Orioles just doing this, that like finally joining the ranks of the teams that have realized that you have to spend your money and you have to try to you know get some of these guys into your system and develop them. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty significant shift from anything that they've done before, and that's a pretty low bar to clear because <laughs> up until up until this year, they've they've basically been operating in in Latin America like it's I want to I, I don't even want to say 2009 maybe like 1999 I mean it's just such an antiquated approach from from the top of the organization to almost completely ignore the the international market I mean they would sign like a handful of players but I mean teams now are signing anywhere you know 2025 up to, to 70 players a year out of out of Latin America, and, and you just look around the division, and, and you see, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and, and Rafael Devers and Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, and uh, you know the number one prospect in baseball right now, Wander Franco, is in their division uh, with with Tampa Bay. Uh, there's just a, a ton of talent, and it. it's just unbelievable. They <laughs> they were not involved almost at all in this area uh, up and up until this year. By the way, if you haven't seen Ben's Twitter bio, it's very <laughs> funny. Colors. He says, "I write about Wander Franco for Baseball America." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very is he funny. is he like just real quick? Is he a better prospect than Vlad Jr.? Uh, it's hard to go that far, but man, it's I mean, I mean Franco. I mean, I, I love Vladdy Jr., but you know, Vladdy's a third baseman mm-hmm. who you know maybe ends up at, at first base in, in a few years just because he's so big. I mean, Franco is such a special special hitter. And he might be able to play shortstop. I mean, you know, maybe worst case scenario, he moves around, uh, you know, second, third base, uh, like a like a Jose. Well, Jose Ramirez not having a, a such a hot <laughs> season right now with the Indians, but you know him. You know, when he was uh, at his best years, uh, I think he's got a chance to be that uh, that type of hitter. 
uh, that, what, to what you were saying, Ben, and this is sort of the way that I'm treating this is, is the pragmatic. That's the way that I try to go about doing the show is, is very pragmatic. I, I have no idea if any of these guys are going to work out for the Orioles, and I think that we'll talk a little bit more about how they were behind the eight ball and trying to get guys this year, things along those lines. But I, it almost at this point to me is like it's cake if any of them work out because the reality is they just needed to make start making inroads and getting into the mix in these countries and with these these kids to be able to start finding you know fines over the years. I almost am not really all that worried about whether or not these guys end up panning out because I think it's just far more important that the, the progress is you did it, you got down into those neighborhoods, you started making connections, things along those lines, and then we can sort of go from there in the future. Yeah, I mean, that's, they're, they're really, I don't know if you say, like building or rebuilding this, this international program from, from the ground up. I, I, they have one of the smallest scouting staffs in, in Latin America, uh, just, you know, since they hired Kobe Perez to, to lead their international department in January, um, you know, I've been in the Dominican Republic and, and seen more Oriole scouts <laughs> at, uh, at events and, and showcases than, than I ever have in, in all my years of <laughs> going down to Latin America. So they're really just starting to, to build it up. And, and, yeah, I mean, part of it is you just have to, I mean, you have to assign players, you know, beyond the, the top, top guys, the, the Francos, Vladdy Jr., Eloy Jimenez, Glaber Torres, the, the guys who really jumped out, and everybody's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, those guys separate themselves pretty easily, but, you know, you're, you're signing these kids at 16, 17 years old. There's 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 a lot of luck involved, but you've, you've got to give yourself the opportunity to be lucky by going out and, and seeing all the players and, and, and signing, you know, actually signing players and giving yourself that you know that opportunity to give yourself a, a greater chance to to get lucky on on some of these guys. So um, yeah, I mean they're they're still in kind of the infancy stages of, of building up that program, but uh, I think they're uh, you know given like you were talking about before being a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of just getting started. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good start for them so far this year. So so here's my question. You know they signed 27 uh, players, uh, but you get a pool. Uh, every every team gets a pool, and you you know we always hear about you know the Orioles trading away you know international signing bonuses for and they're getting for a lot of really good four A players out of the prospect. That, I mean, but but they're still doing that. Um, how much you know? And then there are always players that are all of a sudden available late in the season. We saw that last year, Victor Victor Mesa, you know the Mesas and and things mm-hmm. like that. How much, you know, and this may be an impossible question, but did they blow their entire pool on these 27, you know, 16 and 17 year olds, which, you know, I'm fine with because they've never played in that area uh, for a long, long time? Or is there still more that they can do? Do they have, if somebody is available, you know, in a month from now, do they still have money left over to play in that, that situation? Yeah, they, they still have pool money left over. They're in an interesting situation because, I mean, look, you know, so yesterday was the, the first day of the, the signing period when, when you can sign these kids. Uh, the reality is, is a lot of these players have reached agreements or commitments to, to sign with their clubs, you know, a year, two years <laughs> in advance of, of July 2nd. So, you know, when Mike Elias comes in in November and then Kobe Perez comes in and I think it was January, 
they're coming, all right, let's go sign some players. Well, all right, a lot of the top guys have kind of already committed to, to other clubs at that point. So, um, you know, they're kind of having their pick of, you know, whoever they thought were the, the best guys still still on the board, which are not really the, the top, you know, super high-dollar premium guys. So they still have cool money available, which which is interesting. Uh, this You know, from a couple standpoints, one, like you talked about, there's, there's always somebody who becomes available, whether it's uh, – you know, a, a Cuban player. I think there's going to be continue to have Cuban players uh, come out. Uh, there's going to be guys who, who pop up and and develop later. There's there's probably going to be some situation where one of these guys yesterday maybe you know fails a physical that mm-hmm. that happens every year and, and becomes available. And, and then I think the other thing interesting this thing this year is that you know in the past you've had teams trade away bonus pool money, but, you know, those trades didn't really net you much of value, because so a lot of teams were saying, eh, you know, it's, uh, you know, back before they hard cap the, the spending on, on teams' bonus pools, teams just said, ah, we'll just, you know, go over our bonus pools, they don't really right. know, trade anything of, of value to um, to get players back, but now every, you know, the bonus pools are hard capped, and there's no teams that are in the the penalty for having gone over their bonus pool anymore in, in a previous year, you know, every year before you'd have like eight teams that couldn't spend more than three hundred thousand dollars on a player as a penalty for having exceeded their bonus pool in previous year. So um, there's there's definitely some teams that are, uh, you know, the Yankees for one, uh, who are trying to trade for for more bonus pool money. So there's a more of a scarce resource. So. Um, there's definitely, I, I think, the value of trading international bonus pool money this year might be a little bit higher than in years past, but I think there's other uh, other options that uh, I think will pop up, whether it's Cuban players or other kind of late-developing players or other surprises that uh, come onto the market over uh, over the next year. We saw the Orioles sign eight Venezuelan players, and obviously that's been somewhat of a topic of discussion around the, the scouting community due to the political turmoil down there. Um, are all 30 teams relatively active in that country, or is there perhaps a chance for the Orioles to make further inroads there with a, with a, with a higher willingness? Yeah, I mean, the, t- the teams all have their you know their local scouts in Venezuela, but there's there's very few American scouts who are... Uh, or, or even non-Venezuelan scouts who are who are going into that country now to sign players. It's uh, it's, it's really a shame. But uh, you know what? A, what a lot of the Venezuelan agents are doing now is they're bringing their players uh, together for showcase. I mean, I think like every day this month, <laughs> uh, and probably for the next couple months, there's there's going to be showcases for Venezuelan players in Colombia. Hmm. Um, you know, see some players too and. A lot of the, a lot of the, or some of the Venezuelan players, I should say, are are basically living and training full time now in, in the Dominican Republic. That's wow. um, it's just really tough to uh, to see players in in Venezuela. Um, it, it just creates a lot more challenges for clubs. So um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, I think the the Orioles, you you could see the, the Venezuelan signings that uh, that came across the board yesterday. I'm, I'm sure they scouted some of them in Venezuela, but. Uh, the reality is a lot of these kids now are, are being scouted at events uh, where the agents are kind of bringing them outside the country for, for everybody to be able to see these kids. 
Ben Badler, before we let you go from Baseball America, I really appreciate the time. I guess we need to ask, of the players the Orioles did sign yesterday, and I know you guys aren't doing rankings anymore at Baseball America and certainly understand your reasoning for it, but are there any of them that are of particular interest to you or you think are names that maybe Orioles fans should actually try to remember instead of just looking at a list of 27 names? Yeah, the two guys who, who jumped out to me, uh, one is uh, Luis Ortiz, left-handed pitcher out of Dominican Republic. Uh, I, I think, I mean, this is a, this is a real legitimate uh, pull for, for the Orioles, uh, a left-handed pitcher who, at 16 years old, has, has been up to 93, which, you know, 93, you know, if you just think about major league pitchers, it probably doesn't sound all that great <laughs> uh, with all the velocity we're seeing in the games today. But uh, for a 16-year-old sure. kid, uh, especially from the left side, that's, that's really advanced. You hope you get him uh, you know, a little bit stronger, and, and you got a guy who's a lefty throw in the mid-90s and a, a really, really sharp curveball. Um, so uh, a lefty's got a chance to be throwing low to mid-90s with a swing and miss breaking ball. Um, that's uh, that's a really good package to uh, to build off of. And then Leonel Sanchez is a shortstop uh, I saw out of the Dominican Republic. Um, definitely a defensive-oriented player, very high probability to stick at shortstop and, and defend a position well. Just super, super light on his feet at, at shortstop. Very smooth actions, hands, transfer, uh, internal clock at the position. You just watch him take ground balls, and <laughs> your eyes are kind of drawn to uh, – a kid like that. So to me, those are really two of the two of the main guys from that class who who jumped out for me. Awesome, awesome. Ben Badler, Baseball America. He is the authority on this type of stuff, and hopefully, would be somebody we'll be talking to more often in coming years as the Orioles will be continuing to dip their toes in these waters. At Ben Badler on Twitter, and again, BaseballAmerica.com. Ben, is there anything else we can plug for you, sir? Uh, no, I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you for taking the time for us, man. I know how busy this week is for you. Have a great fourth. All right. Thanks so much. You too.